<laughs> double insomniacs on the show, which is always yes. uh, good for <laughs> running. Good for, so, yeah. It's, it, is Jared an insomniac too, or does he is he more in the category of he needs? He makes me sick. He goes to sleep at like 10, and he's asleep in five minutes, and you have to sacrifice a virgin and have like a volcan- like volcanic event to wake him back up. I'm like, what the fuck? That's amazing. Oh, the, I know. It's, <laughs> he makes you. It's terrible. I'm his spouse, but sometimes I want to punch him in the neck. Cause yeah, I'm like, how did you fall asleep so fast? Well, like, like Molly, uh, like, you know, we've been together, uh, you know, 10 years and you've been mm-hmm. together 10 years. So, you know, pretty awesome there. Uh, we've been together 10 years, uh, during the sort of, I, I guess the dating process or whatever, or the pre-dating process, like it was known that I was an insomniac. And so she used to yeah. stay up to like four or 5 AM with me. The sun would be coming up and we'd still be talking. That's adorable. It's been 10 years, and she seems to have forgotten that I'm in like, I'm just like, like, like we, we... You knew this. It like, was on the list. Yeah, it was on the list of my crazy. Like, because that's, you know, that's what a relationship is, is like, you go like, yes. I, I have this crazy, and you like, check it off, and then they're like, oh, mm-hmm. and it's it's like, you're like, okay, well, I have this crazy, this crazy, this crazy, and you see if it balances out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a give and take. It's like, okay, look, I have... I do that with friends too, though. It's like, okay, look, I'm going to be upfront with you right now because I ain't got time to meddle around. You're either my friend or you're not. I am almost 30. I'm getting sick of this shit. So these are my things. If you can't dig, then you can go. Like, right. if you dig it, then I'll be your ride or die friend. But otherwise, I don't have time. That's amazing. <laughs> it's well, really not because people get super nervous. Oh, I, I don't like, know. Oh. I, I, like, I, I, I was just thinking about this the other day because, uh, you know, we're all in like quarantine and we're all in lockdown. And my son, Colin, like he just saw kids across the street when we kind of moved into the house uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. We, we moved in and he he saw these kids across the street. And he's just like, Dad, can I go play with them? And like, we didn't know what to do with COVID. And, yeah. you know, we don't know anybody. And you're like, no, Colin. And I'm just like and, and we've kind of now learned our neighbors and who's been like diligent with their bubbles and stuff. And you almost you practically can't stop kids from playing. If you say you go no. outside, it takes them like 10 seconds and then they're like playing with a kid across the street. Hey, new friend. And, Let's and, share germs. I, I mean, yeah. one, yes. They'll just like, and so I'm just like, Colin, go take a shower. Like immediately, because <laughs> I'm just like, immediately when he came in the house, I'm like, go take a shower. But like. Don't touch anything. But. What was amazing to me was like just like I wish to be your friend person and like just the way children can just do that. As an adult, I, I know. I'm neurotic. I like you talked about like you you you're up front with your friends. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's your like I'm a little bit the opposite of where I'm like I'm sitting there like, like okay, what's your deal? Like I'm just like mm-hmm. kinda <laughs> like because everyone's got their yeah. thing. Everybody's uh, got their thing, it's true. Right, right, and uh, Rocky boy showing up saying you, yay, Tulia, uh, and he drops a thousand RDP to remind everybody that Chat Gang ain't nothing to mess with. Promote all the art. Get your husband back in a blood bowl, or do it yourself and show him how it's done. <laughs> I mean, I could try it. I've never played Blood Bowl ever. It looks like fun though. Have you ever played like XCOM or Final Fantasy Tactics? Because there's a little bit of a skill. No, no. All right. No, I was not a nerd until I was twenty five. 24 something like that i'm sure you were a nerd you just didn't know it yet i wasn't i like okay so i guess my journey to nerdism starts this way i grew up in sports and that's it i had two (laughs) sports a season two sports a season i was poetic i i okay so talking to me i sound like an inarticulate troll that is not how i write i have had yes i've had teachers go 
you didn't write this. And I'm like, bitch, I know on the third sheet right there that this is with the word, this is how you use it. And, you know, people yeah. don't equate me with articulate. And that's fine because, you know, I kind of come across as an idiot, which is fine. Uh, no, I I'm, like to do that way. Uh, no, I'm actually similar. See, what it is is like when I when I have a notepad or like something in front of me to write, mm -hmm. I can focus yeah. all of the words that are just smashing and like... It's like a uh, it's like an electron cloud in my head of just like all the thoughts and words are firing out. So when I have to talk to you, they just like yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a show called AOS Rantcast of which everyone is joining us tonight on episode seventy three. I am of course the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar, the magical Mister Mephisto. I'm joined tonight by fellow Twitch streamer Tulia and uh, the better half of Razor Tree Productions. Maybe the prettier half. I don't know. <laughs> you should see him in in a short skirt. I, you know, I I would pay good money for that, actually, or at Dude. least at least good biddies, at least good biddies on Twitch. So uh, I do have a photo of that. On our first date ever was Halloween. He wore a sexy nurse costume. Nice. I was a joke for Halloween. I was well hung, so I was like in this nice attire with a, a noose. It was a joke. He comes as a, a pun, a dirty pun. Sexy I love it. Nurse. Yeah, and so our okay, so our next, our next together thing after our kids are a little older and they're not coming with us is Peter Peter. He's gonna have a shirt saying Peter Peter, uh, and he's gonna have like orange Cheeto dust everywhere, and I'm gonna be a pumpkin. So <laughs> the adults in chat that got that, kudos. But we love dirty stuff. Like he was a sexy nurse, and I was like, okay, look, let's be for real for just a minute. Your legs are better than mine. I don't know if I could date you. Yeah. It ended up it ended up working out ten years later, but like I had some doubts at first. Well that's it kinda of, we were talking about during the cold open is is you know the compatibility of your your crazy mm -hmm. with, with the, the your friends and, and, and significant others. And we've both uh, been with our respective others for ten years now and uh, Lulu and I essentially got together on Halloween and so you were dating him that that, that Halloween is when you that first Halloween yeah. 10 years ago. That first Halloween 10 years ago, it was really awkward because he was in a band, which isn't the awkward part. Uh, oh, it <laughs> is. <in> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it can be. Like, I'm not musically talented at all. I can sort of sing, I guess. My kids prefer me to their dad, but, like, I'm not musically inclined. I play instruments, but I can't do any music by myself. He and all of his friends were like super talented and I was like, holy crap. But uh, so we go to the band members house and they're all hanging out and having beers. And I'm still underage because I met Jared when I was 19. Like, well, rather, we started dating when I was 19. Right. So, uh, yeah, I was underage. I wasn't allowed to drink. And all these other girls are there. And there is three of the band are single and they're all trying to get with the band members. And it was very awkward. I was just like, oh, my God, this is so I don't know anybody. But Jared was there the whole time and being super friendly. And I don't know. He's got this energetic personality. You wouldn't know that he's an introvert, but he is. I, Something I, that we kind of clicked on, again, the weird balances. It's like we're both introverts and we both have this, like, battery. It's like, okay, my battery's gone. Deuces, bye. Yeah. But Oh, no. Lou, uh, Mo See, that's one of the things where, where Molly, she is the extrovert. She is going crazy in quarantine right really? now. Like, she, she needs to, we, when we used to live in Milwaukee, she she would, like, she calls it, like, being, a, like, a succubus. Like, she would need to just Aww. go and, like, sit, like, in a place where tons of people were around and, like, absorb their energy. The energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, me, I like, I've been, like, 
it you know work has been stressful i've had to be social at work because it's dealing with contractors this week because it's all the project work which means i have to go and i have to talk to you and i'm like i love my job because i have a work truck that is my office i drive it someplace i do the work and then i leave and i never talk to a human but i've had to so i'm getting home drained and and i could just i see molly's beautiful eyes light up and she comes bounding over to me, and I'm like, "You want to talk?" And I'm just like, oh, I'm like five minutes." Please. I'm like, "I'm like, I just, uh, yeah." And it's 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 actually kind of amazing because we to see we both process things completely differently. So I need to come and lock myself in my office. Usually, do something creative or or like just yeah, read or veg out. Like, yeah, defrag exactly. And we don't process the same way. So like, there's a give take there where it's like, okay, I have to save like you know, $10 of my social currency every day, no matter what for her, because Mm -hmm. you know, she's worth it. So, so then I have a question, you being two introverts, do you, do you guys have your respective days where you're just like, you actually just like shut down and you're just kind of cool with it? Like comfortable silence type thing or funny story before quarantine, that was what we did. So we have three monsters. They're beautiful. I love them to death, but they're monsters because they're little, you know, little boys are wild. And I did not know that I had a brother that was not that way. And none of the boys I knew were wilder than me. So I was like, I dudes are chill. They're not. They are not. (laughs) So on Tuesdays is mommy's day to go be mommy, to go be an individual, to go sit at, you know, hoity-toity Starbucks and not, not look at people or to go to the park and just stare off at nature for however long I want. You know, Jared gets home at about 530. So at 530, it's like, deuces by i'm gonna go do whatever it is i want to defrag to do artistic stuff to go be social if i want and he would get wednesday so we we allotted each other days because you need time and you sometimes you know if something's important to you you make time for it and just because you're in a relationship just because you're a parent your identity does not disappear like i'm chris the mom to lilia the mom the wife the whatever but that doesn't mean I don't get some time like you need that or you go insane. Well, this, this goes to your, your point you were talking about where like you have all the labels on your box, right? Like you, you, like you're, uh, this is your box and you have a million different labels. Right. Right. It's just cool. Cause like that ties into a little bit of like the Warhammer, which is, I think, uh, you know, like talking about like sort of relationship balancing. And I think that also maybe is integral to, to how the whole, you know, the Warhammer couple maybe works or the, you know, nerd couple or whatever it is, or sports couple, yeah. you know, whatever your, your thing is, by the way, and I just want to reset this real quick. Uh, you said you weren't a nerd until like 25 or so. Um, I'm going to disagree because you were into sports. You said you were into two sports, which is like being into two no, different games. No, I was games. into a season. To a season. Oh, double. Yes. Okay, so you would have been like the four yeah. the four sport athlete or the four star athlete or whatever. Yes, I would finish up with one practice and go to another or, you know, there was always something going on. Wow. So, yeah, like basketball and softball were my two mains. I actually, my dad was stationed in South Korea and they had no idea that I was 14 at the time. They came out to watch our game and they were like, holy shit, this girl. And I was like, oh, by the way, 14. So I was about to get a scholarship at 14 playing softball. And then they were like, oh, wait, you're not old enough. And I'm like, yeah, dude, no, I'm not. Hmm. So then, you know, I go to play. I live in Alaska. I lived in Alaska. And that's I don't mean anything against all of the Alaskans out there. You were all lovely. Anchorage. Anchorage is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I lived seven miles away from there. But it is a place where you go 
to be it's i like to call it the oubliette you go there to be forgotten mm. like you don't there are not a whole lot of talented individuals that stay in alaska because it's it's a hard place to be it's a hard place place to like keep your groove it's a hard place to find opportunity so i went there and my basketball stuff failed and then health problems came up and i was told you can't play sports or you will die Wow. And I was like, I, so that's when I st- sort of became a nerd. My dad took pity on me because uh, I had a, I guess they thought it's this long mouthful of an issue where it's basically that your athlete, your athletic people just die spontaneously on the court because their hearts give out. And they right. thought I had that. And I was like, well, that's terrifying to hear at 16, which is when my depression was really horrible. So I was like, all right, so my life is shitty, and now I'm going to die. That's great. Mm. So sports ended, period. Well, see, I, mean, that, I mean, that was your passion for, you know, for sports to, to, to a season. I could remember, like, I had especially basketball. Like, all my good memories were basketball or softball. or I didn't really like soccer all that much. I don't know. There's, you know, sports Ouch. I liked and sports I didn't. Ouch. Cut me deep. I was I was soccer uh, soccer swimming. Uh, I didn't play football because I couldn't afford the equipment fees, and we were that proud poor family that would refuse yes. to take the. So so the coach offered yeah. to, to pay our equipment fees or waive them or whatever, and my grandma yeah, re- she refused. Like we like so I played soccer because cleats and shin guards are cheap at at yes, uh, Goodwill, are. and mm-hmm. uh, and swimmer because uh, the skibby the skibbies mm-hmm. the the. That the speed of it, yeah, it's it's provided for you by the school because uh, it's a go. it's a uniform. I think it's like five bucks to sign up or something. No one wanted to be a swimmer. Really? I I had heard tertiarily that my my dad, who was like this mythical creature to me when I was like you know fourteen, and I hadn't met him yet. I had, you know I never met my yeah. dad, never knew who he was. I heard that he was a swimmer for my mom. So like that, it's like uh, it just empowered you know anything you hear about your dad when you're yeah, you know when you're a kid when you're an impressionable little boy yeah you're just like oh this you know so i heard he was a swimmer and and stuff so i'm like oh well then i'll sign up for swimming and yeah. so i those are my two sports growing up were, were soccer and swimming um and then uh you know everyone did like cross country or whatever cross- <laughs> <laughs> yeah track and cross country i have very terrible memories of cross country well you, you do like you do cross country in the fall uh, as a soccer mm-hmm. player for your cardio, so that when you go into well, that makes absolute in, sense in, into the spring, then you have you're you're still up on your cardio. So yeah. and, then, and then swimming was kind of a, that weird started a little bit late because it started during the school year. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it started most of the sports tended to start a little bit before. Um, so it started during the school year, so it, it overlapped into like the sort of that mid period where there's usually like one winter sport. I can never remember what it was because it was so insecure. Wrestling maybe was the winter sport. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, that was when I was playing softball. We always had the wrestling dudes. None of them were cute, but they were always in the other part of the gym. And I was like, oh, look at them, half naked, making weird grunting noises. Uh, nothing against the wrestling. I did. I did no, pro, no, re- no, pro, I pro wrestling. I did I pro wrestling. It. Yeah. Yeah. So you did pro wrestling. Yeah. Wow. Really. Yeah, for like backyard type stuff. No, 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 no. We we made fun of backyard wrestlers because I oh, was dear. I was old school, which meant I I was trained by a guy who who was very into technical wrestling, chain wrestling, oh. um, essentially the Americanized version of what lucha libre is. Like That's so, the best so, thing ever. So like Dean Malenko, like uh, you know, would have been like a you know kind of like some you know would have been in that um, old Benoit before he got indoctrinated to the WWE style, um, mm. that sort of like technical 
you know, you don't give respect, which is what it's called. When you see wrestlers do a couple moves and then they both like look at each other and they go like that, it's called res- the technical term for it is respect. You don't give uh-huh. respect in anything less than five moves. And so I watch, like, I'll watch WWE, and I'm just like, they just respect it after two moves? Disgusting. <laughs> like, like, gross. Uh, but yeah, I was I, I did the, uh, I was working at Ashley Furniture Company, which is, everyone has, I think, if you're, if you're yeah. in the North America, you know about Ashley. Um, in Arcadia, Wisconsin, which sounds like a mythical city. But it it's, does. It's nowhere. Nowhere, Wisconsin. I, it was, I kind of had to stop going to college the first time, uh, mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that FAFSA was money I had to pay back. I thought it was like oh. stuff, and so I had to take time off, and like it just got it got weird. They didn't cover all my full tuition, even though I was a literal independent at that point, emancipated adult, and uh, so yeah, I, so I had to go work in a factory, save up money, and I'm living in Arcadia, Wisconsin, playing like a little bit later on. I would discover World of War- I would play World of Warcraft, but at that time I had nothing. That was my first nerd thing. Yeah, yeah, I had literally. Oh man. There's, if you write this down in the notepad that I don't keep, World of Warcraft tangent. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I met this guy named uh, named Todd. He worked on one of the other lines. And I was into... I liked wrestling as a guilty pleasure because uh, my mom loved wrestling. If you, could, if you could imagine this, like, ginger, like, Gen X, like, lady with the huge curls, like, it's, loving... That's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Big red hair. Yep. Into wrestling. That's my mom. Well, yeah. she's not as into wrestling as yours, I'm sure. But no, no, no. My, you know, my mom loved wrestling, and uh, and uh, so you know, it's one of those things I held on to as a piece of her when when I when I uh, you know I, I, I left or whatever. Um, yeah. But she told me stories about meeting Andre the Giant and all this stuff, and and how he would I sit on. He was a doll of a human. Oh, and he sat. She was like, "Oh yeah, I sat next to him on the VIP or whatever, whatever VIP event in the uh, sort of like the the proto indie days where like you're all wrestling under this sort of loose conglomerate before the WWE came along and kind of like ruined how wrestling used to be ruined, how it, it, it kind of changed how wrestling used yeah. to be. And she sat on me, said, she said he sat on two folding chairs and like, he just, he just pounded, like just ham fisted, like beer, uh, beer. And, and she met him, said he was like an absolute doll, great guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, I don't know. Anyway, like, so, so I beat Todd. I've always held, I had always been more of a sort of hidden nerd. If that makes sense, like, like, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was the edgy punk kid or edgy goth kid that like, you know, I had the, the poet, the journal with all my sketches and, mm-hmm. and, and poetry. And I, I, you know, sat long, clothes. long, long black hair. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. too many, way I'm too many. Yeah. Yeah. Way too many zippers and like, and chains on my clothes, like that kind of guy. Right. We talked about, oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. So, so I was always kind of like a, like I had to hide my nerdness because otherwise people would find out that I'm not a cool, like yeah. alt kid or you alternative. Yeah. So I always had to hide that. And so I always hid that I liked uh, wrestling, but the, the, a game came out on the N64, no mercy. And it was a video game. And so like with my video game friends, I was like allowed to like it. And so that yeah. was, like, so I always like liked wrestling at the stories of my mom. And so I met this guy named Todd and he's like, Oh dude, like your long hair, like, you know, I, I used to not have the dad bod, so it was really life well, and stuff. He's like, oh, man, you should, like, come come train with me. I'm learning to wrestle, and it's the and, uh, fine. I'll kill weekends. Sure. So yeah. I, lear- I learned to wrestle. Uh, learned to wrestle, actually, uh, 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 Eau Claire Company. Um, I was training him, and 
uh, came up uh, alongside him. I was green, setting up rings, hoping to be on the cards. You just you'd set up the ring and you'd be around the promotion, and you would hope someone would not show up because it's winter in Wisconsin. So like they book some dude from Milwaukee and he can't make it to Superior, Wisconsin. Like put me in, put me in. Like and you wrestle for no money because you're just trying to establish yourself. Because eventually, if you job long enough and you're green long enough and you set up enough rings, you can get paid gas money to wrestle oh yeah yeah so i did that for a few years <laughs> and uh That's actually interesting. yeah yeah it's it's uh yeah the dark you angel be shirtless in the middle of winter in wisconsin i don't i in mean i didn't gyms. know heads were that crazy oh we are have you not seen the cheese have you not seen packers on tv in the sub-zero temperatures with like their well, bodies I, painted green and <laughs> i know but i lived in alaska so i'd walk out in booty shorts and a tank top being like it's snowing it's nice and warm yeah like, no y'all are crazy but it's my kind of brand of crazy right no we it was it was mostly we were usually wrestling in gyms uh, like a school oh. gym or a bar sometimes if you were like your promoter was like the sweet sweet promoter you'd get to wrestle at a vfw or something which was like well because they had high ceilings <laughs> so those were the best gyms and vfws mostly it was bars though because it's wisconsin and you know, you're you're the weekend. Instead, of, they could book a band or they can book a wrestling show. And some of the crazy bars would book the wrestling promotion. So you'd that's awesome. So like, uh, yeah, no, uh, sorry. Uh, I think this is the deepest I've ever dived on. Like the Dark Angel Damon Andrews, which was my uh, wrestling gimmick. Uh, three people might remember me once. They probably remember Ginger, which was my uh, uh, cross dress gimmick. I uh, came out to Barbie oh. Girl and. Was That's a was a heel. So 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 Jared and I have that in common. We both look great in a dress. Yep, and uh, he gets an inordinate amount of joy being a heel. Oh, so you have that in common too. Oh, I love it. I'm the, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigma. I lo- there's there's a joy in sort of being a dark mirror. You know, like and I would yeah. I, I would never do the the cross dress gimmick these days. I just you know. The, it, You'd step on way too many toes. It, well, it's it's just I don't know. It's just it's good humor punches up, right? Like it, yeah. you know, you don't need that. But um, it, it's I don't know. There's just being a dark mirror for people. I remember if it's a bar, I get to swear. So like, mm-hmm. so like, shut the fuck up. Like it just like getting in people's faces. Like you don't like me. You don't fucking know me. And like just yelling at people. Or like when when it's a gym and you've got kids around, then you're like, you shut your mouth. Shut, shut your mouth and like just go, going up to a kid just immediately pick out a kid in the audience and then like when you're about to do a move like to the to the face you just like you know and just like get the heat oh so much mwah, beautiful i miss it a little bit i've got an open invite or if i ever want to get back into it i'm like i'm 35 years old and out of shape uh people who tell you that wrestling isn't a sport go run the ropes for five minutes mm-hmm. just five minutes do it hit the ropes take a few bumps tell me it's not it takes no athleticism no, I think uh, I think Mick Foley, he's broke his spine and a bajillion other things. He's like, how can you say wrestling isn't dangerous and it's not a sport, that it's fake? It's like it may have predetermined outcome, but that doesn't mean anything in there is totally scripted. It doesn't mean it's not dangerous. People can still get hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, people take a lot of risk. And also that's really hard on your body. Oh, yeah. Muscles and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I've my friends that have blown ACLs like in, in pre- sports medicine's gotten a lot better now, yeah. but my friends that have their lives, they're done. You know, at yeah. eighteen, wrestling for no money, no insurance. If you're lucky, 
you can fake the injury or you can take the injury, go into work on Monday and fake like you got hit at work. And that's the best you can hope for in that life. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And uh, it's I mean, man, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But 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 to, but to, to reset this a little bit. Um, see, I think it's kind of interesting. Like I've always thought about like because I live this weird life, I've always thought of, of sports as the different type of nerd. Because, you know, it, you're, you're from Texas, right? Yes. So Born and raised, but military brought elsewhere, and then by choice came back. Right, right on, right on, right on. Um, so, like, Texas A&M, how do you feel about them? I'm convicted <laughs> because my mom is a fan of Aggies, and my dad is a Longhorns fan, and if you say anything against anything, you you walking on eggshells one way or the other. Okay. Personally, I don't watch much football or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like watching sports. I like playing sports. Right. Watching it is like dangling this carrot. Hey, guess what you can't do? And I'm like, screw you. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I like A&M, but they have a lot of rough years. I'm just see. I, I do that to set up. Hey, chat. Who's your favorite Space Marine chapter? Like Ooh, the 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 Blood the... Angels. <laughs> Dude, they are so dark and depressing, and they basically have space Jesus. What is this? what's Mephiston? Yeah, Mephiston. Yeah, or. Yeah. Or sanguineous. Oh, like, yeah. He's sanguineous. Most tragic freaking dude. And like the blood oh, angels are tragic and great. And there's just so much angst you can taste it. Yeah. It's no, great. it's Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, but, but like basically the, the sort of like the, the mentality of like a sports fan and like wear the paraphernalia, go into the minutia of the draft mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like, that it's is. like LARPing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like you're LARPing to go to this thing and you keep track of all these stats. Like you're in D&D. Like. I get it now, especially it's okay to be a nerd and it's okay to be a sports nerd. And there's obviously, we have friends who are like, I'm into sports. I'm like, you're a nerd. Nerd. (laughs) Nerd, because you know the stats on dudes from 10 years ago. Guess what? I can recite, you know, D&D 3.0 as well or 2.5 or Fatco and that shit. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's exactly it is like, um, you know, a nerd by a different name. It's, I just think of like one was the socially acceptable nerd and yeah. like w- reality kind of warped around that. But now that like internet culture and boom, we're getting back to it. World of Warcraft. I think World of Warcraft mm-hmm. really was that pivotal point. I'd say it's, it, it, I think it's twofold. I think it's the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that made it really okay to be like comic book yeah. becoming socially acceptable already happened with Batman, like even the Keaton, you know, even going with like Adam West, like Batman's always kind of been pop culture, but to bring people, to get people to care about a raccoon that shoots a gun like that, that for me was the moment where I'm like, you're all nerds. Like all of you. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Like welcome, welcome. Here's your sticker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but, but World of Warcraft was one of those moments where from growing up in the, the gamer side of thing, the secret gamer and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, playing, like, original, uh, like, Ultima and, you know, beta testing Dark Age of Camelot and doing stuff like that. By the time people were playing World of Warcraft, I noticed this sort of changing of the guard. It went from uh, always nerds like me to everybody was playing WoW. Mm-hmm. And when did you jump in on WoW? Or when, when what, what got you into World of Warcraft? So, the health thing. You keep playing basketball, you gonna die. Right. Uh, so, I got, like, a... I don't know if you can see it. There's a scar right here on my chest. I had to have a loop recorder implanted in my chest. So full-on surgery. I uh, had heart problems. It turned out to be less bad, but still bad, coupled with asthma. So my dad 
you know, I had all this done and I was out of my mind with being upset and just like, where does life go from here? My dad took pity on me. He was like, I, so you have friends that like the world of Warcraft. Cause I did, I had like, I never fit in with any one stereotype because some days I wanted to wear my Jinkos. Some days I wanted to wear these cute preppy clothes. Some days I wanted just a big fucking sweater and no bra and just pant like, tight jeans it didn't matter like i wore whatever the hell i wanted i never fit in so i had nerd friends that were super into D and super into world of warcraft and i was like that's cool but i don't understand it well these friends were like if you can't play sports how about you play our games and i was like okay so i asked my dad and i guess spoiler alert my dad i found out he wasn't my dad when i was 22 and he treated me very oddly growing up not like bad or anything just like you're not my kid type thing so i did i totally didn't expect him to kind of cave into this i asked him for world of warcraft because i was like you know whatever and then he gave me a lot of grief because he's he was my coach for a lot of things you know like he was the sports influence i was the son he wanted type thing because my little brother he's a good dude but he's like super introvert super not into sports nothing Mm -hmm. so i wanted to be the boy and I was, but then I asked him for World of Warcraft and he goes, huh, nerd, but then he gave it to me. It was right after BC launched. No, after Wrath, because I had, he bought me Ra- or WoW Vanilla and then he bought me Burning Crusade because I was like, oh, look at these cool little goat things. They run around and the dudes are like huge and it was yeah. so weird. And Dr- like, I Drainy, yeah. yeah, yeah, Drainy, yeah. I love them. I still play them, but uh then Wrath came out, and I had my friends. I felt like the biggest loser ever. They were sitting behind me, like right behind my computer chair. Okay, this is how you move forward. No, d- stop clicking that. No, stop clicking that. You're targeting the bad guys. You're going to get tagged. Well, what's tagged? Oh, shit, now we're all dying. Like, they sat behind me and kind of walked me through like you would a kid, which is, looking back, kind of embarrassing. And at the time, it was really kind of embarrassing, too. But, yeah, that happened roughly 16, 17, maybe? Yeah, yeah. It was my first, like, and I had no idea what I was doing. Like, Amazing. I I know, it was the weirdest thing ever. I was just like, there's a world in, in like, the computer? Because I'd never use a computer aside from, like, WordPad or whatever to do my computer homework and LimeWire. But, like, right. the computer had this whole new thing. Like, holy shit, there are people behind the screen. There are, and I met a whole bunch of new people on WoW, which was really cool. And they were all types of different people. Like there were super nerds, like the friends I had. There were some super jocks that knew the, what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. Then there were like super science nerds because I was I'm super into biology and super into that kind of thing. So they were like, yeah, dude, this and this and this because I was talking about one of the herbs and barons, which I learned what barons chat was, which was great. There and is I, I a I learned. The pre, mm-hmm. almost the, it's like something awful and the pre 4chan just, that was Baron's chat. It's, but it it's was the best. Like it, you it learn put, all the new Chuck Norris jokes, the bad it, ones. It, and you learn, oh, like, dude, I remember I, I was in Baron's chat when Dumbledore died was like spoiled. I was in oh, Baron's dear. chat on a flight path and uh, Snape kills Dumbledore just in Baron's chat. And I'm just like, what? Okay, who like, okay, that like, has a special place in hell. Like, like I'm what? just like, I'm just like this is I'm just like like flip my There's keyboard. Like what the fuck? Like Snape? Like I wasn't a big Harry Potter nerd, but like I was like, Snape's a bro, right? Like Snape's gonna be yeah. a bro in the end, and then someone's like Snape kills Dumbledore. But like, what the fuck? But Baron's chat, like, it puts it puts 
I don't, it just, it, I don't know, it just like, uh, it puts hair on your chest. I don't know what, it, what, what the, you've, on your chest. Yeah, yeah, it gives, like, yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there's no way to describe, and when they diluted the servers out, and they, they did yeah. a bunch of stuff, like, Baron's chat was there, but if you, you hit the heyday of Baron's chat. It was just there was there was oh man I remember train wreck horrifying and beautiful all the same oh, time. Like, it, you don't want to look but you can't look away. I I I don't know if I'm a better person for having experienced Baron's chat, but I am a changed person for having experienced yes, Baron's chat. You are changed um, for, the, for the betterment or the worsening. Who knows? But. Yeah, I don't know. I, I <laughs> but yeah, no, I I remember those days. Um, I don't know. I like why was it, it, I mean now I don't think we're like it's it's nearly the cultural phenomenon it was mm-hmm. in those times because it was sort of the only game in town. I think it was that first time we saw all those people from those different walks of life. Yeah. Like truly just I I really think that was the it, it's happened twice. It was that in Pokemon Go. But I think Dude, those are yeah. I think those are the 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 sort of two exact moments in time and you talk about like the sort of digital uh video gaming sort of uh, bringing society together type moments, maybe even mm-hmm. if, before they're ready, which is when you get Baron's chat. Uh, but like, yeah. like the first time as sort of an apocalyptic Baron's chat event, and then the second time as a utopia with Pokemon Go for like one precious yeah. week. One precious week, the world was utopia. We were we lived in a utopian society. Um, even I don't even like Pokemon either. Oh crap! I just lost followers. Um, <laughs> like, like I, I don't particularly care for Pokemon, but I jumped on that hype train. Like I, dude, same. <laughs> it was fun to go out and see people. I'm like, okay, I don't have to interact with you because there's no interaction between characters. But look, there's people over there. I feel almost like I'm socializing without having to. It's mm-hmm. great. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of it. Like the extrovert gets to, you know all caps blast Baron's yeah. chat and yell and the introvert gets to pick their engagement on their own time. So like, mm-hmm. that's the other thing is you're, you're getting those different energies that are able to interface in a, in a, in a, in a meaningful sort of compatible manner. Yeah. One of my friends used to joke that that world of Warcraft is a chat room with a video game simulator attached to it. And that's why yeah. the number of times you just stand around like uh iron forge or, or uh where there's trade chat and just jumping and like talking, yep. and that's it. That's it. You're talking in guild chat, and all you're doing is jumping. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think we'll ever get that back. Per- until VR, maybe VR technology takes off. Per- perhaps it'll go Ready Player One. But we, we have voice chat now, and and mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know, Discord and stuff like that. So we're having Discord servers and stuff. But pre. Super, yeah, there was Ventrilo and TeamSpeak, but the actual being sort of that full breadth of communication that that's been diluted down again and and you know kind of stripped away. But, yeah. Sorry. So so how do you go from World of Warcraft to like okay like that was like the that was the gateway drug into full nerdery essentially. That was the gateway drug because yeah. like like I said it opened this whole new world of. There's something other than sports. There's something because I wrote poetry on my own, like in my dark little journal. It's a thing well. you do for you, right? Like you, exactly. you kind of hope like, a couple people read poetry. it. Yeah, you hope a couple people read it, but you mostly do it for you. Like. Most, yes, like so. I had if I was mad, wrote poems. You know that kind of thing. But so it was the first time I was like, oh, there's like this whole new side of humanity because you know I'd been around the world and oh, you're so refined or whatever. 
really really getting into people is kind of i think what helped so you get into nerds you see all these different people all over the world that are really neat and really cool and then they open up other things it's like well this is world of warcraft how about dnd this is a uh, dnd how about you know dresden files or you know whatever so shortly thereafter i happened to my first job was at a comic book store mm-hmm. which was with mega nerds like the bad oh yeah the, oh yeah the, the 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 neck beards right like that yes. yeah well i worked with the neck beard he was the most fucking frustrating individual i'd ever met but he was a totally different person that i never met and all of the customers were what you would have imagined i don't mean to talk down at all but a lot of them didn't bathe or anything like that and you're as a professional you're supposed to treat everybody the same so then you meet all these other people that are into comics because i had to know what i was selling Mm-hmm. So I'd read the comics on the shelves. Oh, yeah, and then this... the Star Wars thing came to Alaska and they sent me there because I was the only like half decently not trollish woman in the store. So they're like, okay, you go. You're the face. You sell lightsabers. I was like, I right, this is 2K a pop, but sure, why not? And then you meet a whole slew of other oh, people. Oh, the sweet fiberglass ones weird. that don't break. Yeah. yeah no, no, these <laughs> ones were the nice ones. And I was yeah. just like, I don't know how people are going to buy these. But they did. And it's like, so it started you know, World of Warcraft, and then it's, oh, well, what about D&D, and what about comic books? These are really cool, and I'm like, holy shit, pictures, like, books you can look at after being a kid? Mm-hmm. Weird. So it was neat to find comic books. I think I have a few other ones. I Is is that where the art began to develop? Like, the actual, we've got some of your art sitting up over here, and, and of no, course, actually. the main thing on uh, you do on streaming is, of course, your, your art streams, and there's some of your the videos that get shared to, like, Razor Tree Productions, where you get yes. the sort of speed drawing. Um, uh, maybe we circle back around to when you got into art and you continue talking about comic books for a little bit? Yeah. Um, okay. So comic books had nothing to do with me getting into art. Art was actually this really funny... So I have severe anxiety. Bad. Which is funny because, you know, I, I was stuck in a mental institution for about a month because I was mm-hmm. having such crazy problems when I was, I think... About 17. So all this stuff kind of coalesced at the same time. Oh, yeah. Time. Yeah. Like you just got a lot piled oh, yeah. on you all at once. It was, yeah. it was a lot. So I spent about a month in there before they were like, yeah, so you're this and you're that. And, you know, this could develop into anxiety and blah, blah, blah. And I was 17. So I knew everything. And I was like, y'all are dumb. Mm-hmm. They weren't dumb. So anxiety was, you know, some people bounce their foot. Some people tap their pencils. I drew. I made notes or I highlighted my homework or whatever. So what started is kind of like, you write notes when you're p- trying to pay attention to focus yourself. I draw. You know, I just absentmindedly doodle something and I can hear have you what been you're dr- saying. Have you been drawing that while, while you've been doing this? That's fantastic. Yeah. See, I, 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 I scribble and, and do spirals. Yeah. I, like, I, I scribble spirals and a lot of swords. I draw a lot of swords. Well, I'm, uh, I drew this one during a soulbound. Uh. Uh, that looks like one of the Muppets. It was, yeah, that was during the Muppet show. Yeah, I, I doodle while I say, yeah. I'm not, I, my Same. sketching is, sucks. Uh, that's, that's fantastic, by the way. Well, it's, it's, at first it started, you know, like kids draw because they think it's fun or because their parents think they're talented or whatever. So I guess at first it started differently, but it quickly turned into a, a way to relieve anxiety. So it, it kind of leveled up. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you're anxious, you're depressed, you're feeling isolated. Well, people happen because, you know, high schoolers have no privacy whatsoever, even though they think they do. People are always looking at what you're doing. So, you know, I'm almost six foot tall. I've been that way forever. People are like, well, what's the giant doing? She's sitting down. It's like, oh, well, 
she's drawing. Well, look at that. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I, I'm not an artist. I just draw. And they're like, oh, well, no, you're an artist. I'm like, no, really. I'm just anxious and I draw. So it, it, you know, you draw when you're anxious or depressed or you're bored or whatever. So it's not, I guess I'm artistic. My mom was artistic and she says that I get it from her because she's modest like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. It started as just a thing I did and then it was a thing I did while anxious. And now it's a thing that I do because I actually enjoy it. It well, took is, a while. But... Well, there's, I, I mean, something we talked about, I think, before we went live is, is I like to think of it as like talent and skill. Like you can mm-hmm. be talented at something, like naturally talented at drawing, perhaps you get it from your mom. Um, skill is when you develop it. And so yeah. I usually try to like when, when I see something that's good, like we, we've got like some of your art here, I'll cycle through, maybe talk about it in a bit. But like these emojis, like this Isabella is is awesome. This is one of the coolest things I've seen on the internet. Um, well, that's really very polite. This is this is awesome. But th- you don't you don't get here with talent. This is skill. This is talent applied with a deliberate attempt to uh, push yourself or get better at it or passion driving, pulling you in like directions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Look at these hair. Look at the hair. This is <laughs> awesome. The line work on this hair is fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, so I guess maybe a little bit of the, of the I had it flipped a little bit. Um, you were already doing the drawing and it, you kind of leveled it up cause you know, it was helping you in a, almost a therapeutic sense. Yeah, and then like, and then you fun. see this, this visual art medium, you're in a art store or mm-hmm. comic book store and go on. Sorry. And then the internet happened to me for real. And then I see all these other artists and all these other artists are doing very well. And then you feel terrible about yourself cause you're like, wow, my art doesn't look like that. So then you try to put a little bit more effort into it and then a little bit more, and then you're getting a little better. And you're getting a little less sucky and then you're learning new techniques because I don't have any formal art training. I've been to college and they were like, you should do art. And I'm like, that's boring. I don't want to do that with my life. Art is fun. Art Mm -hmm. is like I do it for fun. I do it for love of like people who commission me. I do it because I love looking at your character like it. I don't know. Like, but so so you do take you you do take commissions. What type of like what, what type of stuff do you take commissions on? I know you've got some emojis in here. Um, for, yeah. for discord and well i i do a whole lot like i have a ref sheet or a on razor tree productions.com slash art is kind of you'll find my sheet but i'll do like if you want your D character i'll do a flat color of your D character full like full body or you can order like a little bust you can order chibis i don't do as many yeah that or razor tree did coerce me into doing the anointed but uh like basically whatever you want you ask me or i don't know like people who ask me to do stuff they they frequently have cooler ideas than what i offer because like i'll offer you discord emojis and somebody bought all of my emojis immediately and i was like oh that's cool and it was so much fun to do her character in all of my emotions i was just like this is the best is, thing. is this the uh, the little cat girl here like is this what you're no, talking that's about? my final fantasy character i have somewhere in my Oh, I am ashamed to say it. I'm on for affinity. Also Twitter, but uh, I did it of a friend. I, have we have we landed upon a topic? I have no idea of what it is. Furfinity. It's like deviant art for furries, but That's don't amazing. go there if you value your eyesight. No, like, I... make sure to click the. Um, it's it's bun- It's a. There's so many lovely people there, but it's also crazy fetish art and weird furry. I don't. 
I don't kick shame on Rantcast. <laughs> no, no, I mean, just put safe for work. There's a setting, put safe for work if you don't want to get, like, weirded out. But, like, I'm on there, and so I posted it on there. It's her her character, but my the furry is mine. I play her in Final Fantasy. Hey, I, I went to a PonyCon once, um, and uh, I've been to anime conventions, so I have a peripheral understanding that furries are a thing. Um, they really are. Sonic Fox is a furry, and 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 if Sonic Fox is one of the best damn gamers in the world. So like, furries are people too. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm not here to like make enemies of the furry community. It's it's not my thing. But y'all do you? Um, yeah. Like seriously. Uh, but it's yeah, I learned about that because the so I have a friend who's he's a week younger than me, and we were kind of born together. Our moms were best friends, and I found out shortly roughly the same time as everything else happened that he was a furry and i was like that's does that int- mean you have like chest hair like what does that mean yeah and he was like oh honey so he showed me the furry world and i was like <laughs> shit that's cool like drawing all these cool things i was like that's a thing and he was like yeah what do you think werewolves are and i was like mythical creatures he's like yeah but now you have werewolf like wolf people and like you know, all these things with... So, my favorite part of the Draenei is their digitigrade legs. And furries generally have that. And I'm like, I fucking love drawing that. Dude, it's great. The so, little, I like... I... The legs, the little... Yeah, it's like... Yeah, hold on. I, I, she's about to sketch. And yeah, kicker here. Meph has been out-nerded. <laughs> like, like I uh, consider myself an omni-nerd, but there's... there's Every now and then, there's, like, something where... I'm... So, just, like, digitigrade. Where huh. there's the three... Yeah, see, yeah. so I, I have opinions on werewolves. I think werewolves are freaking sweet. Uh, I think Marok Wolf, uh, he's, he's been on the he's been on Rantcast a couple times here, uh, loves wolves. He's converted his mm-hmm. fleshy courts now into wolves. He did a Beast of Chaos wolf army. Um, I think he might have a fursona. I'm going to have to ask him. Do you have a fursona? Can I, is that okay to ask? I do, you actually. Do. Yes. Okay. So first of all, most of my characters are weird demon things. Like my ref sheet has this weird eye. I call her, you know, eyeball because she's got like five different eyeballs. But I have like a wolf persona that was kind of created out of Power Wolf. And then which is an awesome Germanic band, by the way, if you like power metal, (laughs) check them out. It's great. (laughs) But um, so I have like a wolf. I had for years and years and years, I had a cow because cows are adorable. Like they have People best friends. Them. Did you know that they, they can do. have best friends? I think do. It's so cute. Like, everything <laughs> about cows is adorable. Like, so that was my first is I used to draw. So my friend has, he role plays as a female vixen, which, you know, uh, whatever. I'm not judging. Do, but do like, you? Do you? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, cool. So for like his birthday, I would draw him his vixen with my cowgirl, just like doing because we're best friends, it'd be weird if it was romantic. So I just, you know, like, dancing, singing happy birthday or whatever, like, just drew him little pictures. But that was my first fursona, because I love cows. And then Power Wolf, Wolf Chick, because she has a lot of hair and I love her to death. Like like I said, you can find her on Fur Affinity or even Twitter, I think. But, yeah, no, I do have... I do have them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, like, is it, is it... I don't know, is, like, is it okay... 
I, I, furry is something I'm utterly fascinated with. Bronies and furries are like two of the- Bronies th- are super cool, dude. They're, they're two of the, like, the sort of sub, uh, the, the sort of subcultures of, of, of grand nerdery that yeah. I am utterly fascinated with. Like, I've, I've watched My Little Pony. Um, yeah. I've, I've got so two kids. Dead. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm not brony yet. I've not worn, like, uh, I do have a favorite pony. It's Rainbow Dash, obviously. Well, obviously. Uh, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Uh, Rainbow Dash has the ego. I identify with the ego. Like, I, I get the ego. I like Applejack. Uh, Lulu. Lulu's is uh, is Pinkie Pie. Um, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, no. Come here, come here. Tell them your favorite. Okay, yeah. so funny story. I was watching them because my son watched them. I started liking it because I used to like it as a child. And then I was like, hey, Jared, guess what? guess what you have to watch this he's like no that's a that's a kid girl thing and i was like mm-hmm. so he sat there i would watch it when we were winding down to sleep and he became not a brony but something quite close so what's your favorite all of them <laughs> <laughs> i love you jared yep. <laughs> um no it's 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 uh, there's a D episode which is fantastic yes like Dungeons and Discords, I think, is the name of the episode, mm-hmm. and Discord is like the dungeon master, and it's it is there every every it it became trendy. I know, like the community did a D and D episode. A lot of um, uh, I Zombie did a D and D episode. It's like kind of trendy to do a D and D episode, but oh. that has to be my favorite one because it's just the progression of someone who thinks D and D is dumb into loving D and D. It's yes. I think it's the most sincere. Like the eye zombie one's really funny too, because like the cop is the one that gets like super into D and D and yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, the, the, I thought they did like a great job of like just the the sort of like how it was like the sort of like okay, all the ponies are away, we could like we could play D and D secretly, you know, like they they had the shame yeah. in it, and then Discord shows up, and the the sort of like friendship. I okay, it I'm not a, a I'm not a brony. No, but, of course not. But I can see the appeal. I can, I truly yeah. can. And, and our, my, my son, um, I don't know if it was my son or my daughter got into it first, but our whole thing was like, there's no such thing as a boy show or a girl show. Exactly. No such thing as boy toys or girl toys. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know. I just want you to grow up better than me, you know, uh, yeah. without all my weird, gonna... with all my yeah. weird stigmas and, you know, stuff like that. So, so we said that and, uh, you know, so it's my, both of my kids watch it and, the whole family then, because like you, say, you go to bed and put it on. It's the show you put on, um, mm-hmm. and that was the, just that show. And the one, the way I really, I always had a cursory fascination in My Little Pony, but I had no idea really about, about it. I worked community, yeah. right? I worked a con- I worked one convention because at that time I still worked for a, a video game contracting company. That like, mm-hmm. if you ever go to a convention, you have like a video game room. Uh, I worked for a company that gave you that video game room. That's when I kind of got into shout casting and stuff. Um, streaming and so on and so forth yeah. so i so i worked yeah hey, it's a it's a check it's a check we're gonna give them a video game room you know they show up do that and i'm like i'm just looking around at like just the people. hell are these things well yeah. it was it was just you know i i've been to anime conventions i've been to all that stuff and so watching people put their passion on display is something that i truly like just think is the best of humanity like yes. just when people put their 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 the thing that they love, and they're just like you know, and and something like My Little Pony, where like 
Okay, D&D, you know what it is now. Every You, the yeah. general you. People know what D&D is. They, World of Warcraft. People know what these things are because they become pop culture. My Little Pony, furries, and stuff like that, they're still very, very niche communities. And to be that just boisterous and passionate, it was something I'm just like, this is, there's something to this. And so when I finally watched it, I knew, I, I knew that I was like, okay, this is awesome because Lily had fallen asleep and Molly and, and I just kept, we just kept it. watching it. We just kept mm-hmm. watching it. That's uh, how it starts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess tying into that, it's like people doing what they love, like with all of their, so you've seen the Facebook quote of this or whatever the, the image that says that it's like the people that shit on others when they're expressing the thing. Like if your joy is touching small children, go die. But if you're t- like, if your joy is something like, I'm good at putting fursuits together and this is what I love and this is what I'm good at. It's like, go you. That is fucking beautiful yeah. and you are the most gorgeous you could ever be in that moment. Like, yeah. when you are, like, the epitome of your joy, I don't know, that's just, that's, people have a special kind of glow when they're that way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's the, the best thing you can see. It's like, yeah. people legitimately enjoying themselves is right. just beautiful. Right. Yeah, I mean, I felt, I got to a point where, I mean, because I was that sort of, like, secret nerd for a long mm-hmm. time. So when I went to college is where I really came into my own. That's when I like accept like, hi, my name is Mephisto. I'm a nerd. You know, like that was when I first, uh, that's yeah. actually when I got the Mephisto moniker. Like really? it's a, a college nickname from Otaku Anonymous, which is an anime club, an anime club that you went to and you were anonymous. So you got a moniker and I played, Oh, I played shit tons of Diablo too. And, uh, there's a cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, still, that is my Desert Island game. Uh, treat every episode really? like it's your first. Uh, some people know this about me already if they've seen the show before. But but Diablo 2, everyone's like, what's the game you... you know?" There's always that stupid Desert Island question. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite game, but if I were trapped on an island with only one video game, it's got to be Diablo 2. That it's game, so it never gets old. It's always fresh. I play it yearly. It it, it It's awesome. It's just... It's this perfect like sort of time capsule of a game that just it it it, it one it nailed necromancer uh it's yeah, the it co- coolest necromancers have ever been in video games still to this day um but yeah so uh, i'm sorry uh, i digress wow. but but yeah so so college and then that was when i finally finally like was able to like come out of my like not hide my nerdery as much and started working the conventions to just make it a little you start out as a volunteer but then you get in and then you can make money so make a little extra college money you know precious yeah. every dollar is then yeah i'll yeah. go i'll go watch the video game room and run a tournament for 20 bucks um and uh and so i started to to get this feeling like i was living weekends at a time where i would go to the convention and at that convention i would be around people who weren't ashamed to be themselves anymore yeah. Like, I remember people in full-on anime cosplay just screaming Hadouken or whatever in, in the video game room at, like, and you know, play-acting. Yeah. And, and just, like, going, like, huh. You know, and something for me clicked in that moment. And I think that, like, furries and, uh, you know, bronies and stuff, stuff like that is just kind of that taken up to an extreme. Even, like, even weebs, though. I mean, come on, weebs are... Dude, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, but... like, I'm a full-on weeb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was another thing that was another thing that kind of brought me into nerdism was the discovery of anime i was what? like dude i've lived in korea how the fuck did i not see this shit yeah like they had hello kitty everything hello kitty lip gloss hello kitty fucking toilet paper 
but they don't have a whole lot of anime in like the regular channels. Right. And then so I moved to Alaska and nerd friends introduced me to that too. And I was yeah. like, what is yeah. this? Yeah. This is the best. So I'd stay up until three in the morning because insomnia and just watch brand mass animes. Yeah, the uh, the actual joke on my stream is that Mr. Meth is not a weeb. I have my own emoji. Uh, that's a tier two emoji for those of you of Twitch Prime mm -hmm. and all that. Um, the joke is that I'm not a weeb, but I have a lot of opinions about anime. Like, and it's, it's, ah. it's the it's uh, I'm being ironic. <laughs> I uh, we're not quite on screen. My anime shelf's right it, it this way, right here. It's right off screen, right on Isn't the side of the cool, right yeah. on right off the side of the CRT. The, the one uh, random live stream I actually started stacking up the anime that I owned. Um, oh wow! Yes, I own DVDs and VHS tapes of anime. You can get at me, but I'm not a weeb. Oh god! I haven't I, no. I haven't seen a new show, and I don't know how long is is really why I say I'm not a weeb. I don't. I just don't keep up with it anymore. But when I was younger, it was just it was. Again, I lived weekends at a time. It was mm -hmm. I was just locked in in that in that lifestyle. Um. Can I ask, does Jared have a fursona? Can you? I've made him some, but he doesn't, <laughs> like, that's not something that, and really it's just to draw, like, pervy photos. But, like, <laughs> I draw SFW and not safe for work, but he hasn't, like, willingly made a fursona. <laughs> it's more that I drew something and I was like, ha, 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 here's your fursona. And he was like, I. And I was like, cool, because now I'm going to draw a lot of porn with this. Deal with it! And just kind of dealt with it. And he was like, okay, whatever, I love you, bye. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man, fantastic. Um, Wow. I lost my train of thought there, though. So uh, everyone drink if you're playing the Rantcast drinking game at home. Um, so, yeah, uh, you, you, anime, uh, we've talked about, like, the comic book store. You kind of had to deal with, like, the, the neckbeardy element, uh, the arts ramping up. Uh, and you've been Twitch streaming now with your, your art for a while, about a year, you said. Um, yeah. And, uh, and uh, you also, I know you've played some, you, you play Warhammer as well. Where did the, oh, yeah. I guess in this, this sort of chronology of, of evolving into your best self, uh, your best nerd self, where's Warhammer? Where did you get into Warhammer? Where did that kind of line up? Uh, what's your armies? You know, uh, this is an AOS show after all. So I guess we'll, well, talk yeah. about, we'll talk a little bit about Warhammer right now. A little bit. Well, <laughs> so that happened about three years. So, okay. Got super nerdy. And then Jared started working in a theater. And nerdism kind of stuck to we're poor as shit. And, you know, whatever. So it was just kind of wow. And then we got into a better place. And we had a family. So we have less time. But there's a lot more joy to have, I guess, whatever. And we kind of we made new friends with wow. And we had like guild meetings and guild, you know, dinners and stuff. And through this, I met one of my, I don't know. He's like, he's family. There's no other way to say it. Like he's one of the best friends I could have ever made. But he mentioned, I think it was total war. He was playing total war. And I was like, those are neat. Like, what is that? And he goes, Oh, this is like Warhammer." And I said, what? And he, I guess he played fantasy so we showed an interest in that. And then one of the one of the days that he was like, hey, check your front door. I was like, what do you mean? Are you fucking outside? Like, don't scare me like that. No, it was a big ass box of Stormcast. And I was like, oh, Paladin. 
friends like I love paladins. So, you know, and Jared immediately jumped on that. And he's so much better at tactics than me and all this other stuff. So he took over the paladins. This was about three years ago. And so he had an army. Well, we live in, you know, bumfuck nowhere, Texasville. And there's nobody here that plays nerd stuff. Like, I've, I've looked. We're really kind of isolated here. So get your spouse into it. And I was like, all right, well, show me what you got. So, cause I, I really liked the paladins, but he got them first. So then we started finding me an army because it seemed neat. I was like, Oh, a dice game. That's kind of fun. It's like D and D with your little minis, but they're cooler. They're better made. Like I look at these models and I'm just like, Oh, well there's my models. But you look at these models and you're just like, these have personalities are great. So I started yeah. looking at them and I was like, okay, so we have death, which is the best thing ever, but you oh, also yeah. have these half naked little dudes. And I was like, all right. So 50% of painting them is hair, which I mean, look at any of my drawings, you know, that hair is my favorite thing ever. If I can drown in your character's hair, I will die happy. So <laughs> they're 50% hair. And then they have like no clothing. So I was like, okay, so these half naked dwarves are like my OTP forever. I am the 5%. If there's a dwarf option, I'm playing that option. Like Dragon Age always play dwarf. Literally always. So I saw these little dwarves. And I was like, okay, so they're naked and they have a butt ton of hair. I'm in. So and then there happened the Fire Slayers. We have so we played. have we have found the target audience for the Fire Slayer players now. Oh yes. The, like, uh, that's it. Uh we have solved a one of Age of Sigmar's great mysteries. Uh hair and butts. Uh, hairy if butts. In, if you're but into hairy, hairy butts, butts. <laughs> no, no, not yeah. not hairy butts, but hair and butts. <laughs> yeah, those two things together. Yes. So, but then I saw their giant fire lizards, and I'm like, ooh, these are even cooler. Then they have like keys, and frankly, like with Warhammer, I'm more into the lore. So if you have a lore, even if you're shitty models, like I played Fire Slayers when they weren't great. I played Night Hunt when there's wet tissue paper, and you sneeze with them and you destroy them. You know, like. But their stories are cool, and it's fun to play oh. them, and it's fun to imagine being on that battlefield. I, I okay, I, I, I love Catacross. I'm going to put Catacross in the little bubble up here so that I don't have to talk about Catacross. Yeah. So Catacross is in the bubble. He's up there. All right. Lady Olander is one of the coolest damn new characters that's ever been re- that's that's been released in, since the existence of Warhammer. Bruh, she was my first painted model. Like I did it backwards, where you're supposed to paint one of the shitty models. I was like. Okay, I'm going big or going home, and that's my target. She's fucking gorgeous. She's the one that sold me on that. And then the Briar Queen came out, and she's like, you know, Allender 2.0, and she's adorable. But like, yeah, <laughs> hold on, let me pick out my Allender because I love her. She's my, okay. she's what got me into death. Yeah, right on. Uh, no, they are better separate. No, no, we've already established Vanilla Sauce that you do not combine hair and butts. It's hairy hairness and then butts. They're separate. There we go. My Allender. You can't see her put, at put all. Your, put your, uh, if you put your hand behind it, it'll show up a little bit better on camera. Well, you can't totally see it, but she's like, this was my first painted model. And weirdly enough, I painted her right before Duncan Rhodes showed up because we have the Citadel down here, which is like the, you know, the American version of the British, like, headquarters. Yeah, War, Warhammer Rhodes World. Showed up. And, like, he saw Allender and was like, how the fuck did you do that? Not, like, because he's actually, you know, very well-mannered, and I'm over-exaggerating, but he's like, how the hell did you do that fade? Because you can't tell, but she fades from, like, white to light pink to dark pink to kind of a purple. She looks better in person. 
all <laughs> all women too. Uh, throw some throw some photos up on Twitter. I'll redirect folk, uh, folks to your Twitter yeah. uh, uh, in the comments down below this video, and they can uh, they can check it out. Um, I've seen some the errant photo every now and then uh, mm -hmm. of it. And it looks like you got the snow bases there, which I, I think I is do. really really cool for those of you just did pure audio. Look for the links in the in the description. Uh, but you have like the pops of red and stuff on that snow base. Plus you have that that. Go ahead. Well, I just like it. It's poetic because they don't leave anything behind except the blood of their enemies because they can go underground. They can disappear. They're ghosts. Mm -hmm. So they come out, myrtleize, and then they go away. Yeah. Kicker. I would love to see some photos on Twitter. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I think every, I think everyone in chat gang would love to see uh, some photos of this army. So, so that's Jared's in it, but he might be able to post some. He has a bajillion on his Instagram. I actually won a painting competition with her. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, sure. She's also got a fuck ton of glitter, like metric fuck ton of <laughs> glitter. All of my night haunt do. They're my glitter bomb murder squad. <laughs> Jared, Jared has been summoned. He's coming and taking a picture. <laughs> yep. Babu is asleep, so. No, she's not. Oh, never mind. <laughs> she angry. Amazing. So. So um yeah so get your spouse into Warhammer. Uh, I actually talked to Michael Michael Davis was on the show. Oh gosh, it's I think it's been about a year ago. MMA fighter from Canada. Um not to be confused with Mike Davis also an MMA fighter. Um he was on the show and he, he talked about like sort of getting his spouse in and stuff like that. And I and I want and I just wonder if that's just like I Molly's not a nerd. <laughs> a little bit of opposites attract. Should yeah. say she is not a tabletop nerd. Um she she has her nerdiness. Will uh, she loves trash TV shows and stuff like that. Like, you know, like hate watching is something she can do. I'm like, I like don't. Like Vampire Diaries or something? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how do you? And she's like, oh, it's so bad. Like, she, she's just, she's got her nerdiness. We've, we've got places where we line uh, card yeah. games and, and board games and stuff like that. So I'm trying to find that magic board game that gets her to come and finally play mm -hmm. like Age of Sigmar with me. But I'll crack the code. Um but like, I mean, your artistic aptitude is is. Uh, I mean, your your skill in art is pronounced. I I mean, I, I've been in your stream a couple times here on Twitch. Tulia, uh, link link in chat. Uh, go follow her right now. Uh, you were drawing actually. Fire Slayer, I think, was the first first show of yours I caught. Yeah. And I mean, my soulbound character. Yeah, that's your soulbound character. Right on. Yeah. I mean, that was. I mean that was that was awesome. I mean it was it was so the the detail and the 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 just like the form of it all and the line your line work is really solid. Um, so I thought it was really cool. Um, I've seen like I said I've seen some of your like errant photos of your army, whether it's Jared sharing it or coming across my feed in 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 in, in Twitter. And I mean it's it's pretty stunning. So I mean is it is, is Warhammer kind of like the place where like you get to put together a lot of these other pieces? You know like the. the you know, like the, the art and the, 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 you talk about the therapy of drawing and stuff like that. Is that, is there an appeal there? Do you think? Yes. No, uh, Warhammer kind of, I guess, marries a lot of my interests. Cause I have interest in playing dice games. I have interest in lore and deep world information. Like, cause like I said, you have these battle tones of all this cool information about these armies that helps you fall in love with them. And then you have the thematic, like, all right, so we're, the other day, Jared was humoring me, my beast, my menagerie. You know, he was like, here, babe, here's the six giant fucking murder dragons that you wanted when you first started playing. I was like, hell yeah. So he, we were having a battle with those. And I thought, what were you playing against me? Uh, Ogors, I think. He was playing Ogors. So 
you just you close your eyes for a second and you view the va- the battlefield as you might in like total war so you can watch this really cool battle unfold mentally which is a thing i do a lot and that's something i really enjoy so you know every turn is different you're almost watching this thematic like explosions michael bay movie but on the table with all of these cool ass models and then i get to draw about them or i get to write like little fanfics about them or whatever the case is those i don't really post often just cuz i don't know writing is something i I love tidbits, but I'm not as confident about, I guess. But, you know, you write fanfics, you draw photos of it, you play it. There's people that you can talk to that are also introverts that don't want too much stimulation that you can hang out with. Or, you know, there's a bunch of stuff on here, like your podcasts and other people's podcasts and all this other stuff or like, you know, whatever you call it. There's just this huge, nice community. I don't know. It does marry a lot of my interests. And it's Mm -hmm. this nice, cute little package. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And the, so the Glitter Bomb Murder Squad, that's your night haunt? <laughs> that's my night haunt. Yes, my, they have been glitterified. My fire slayers are actually like gem monstrosities. I cut up the dragons and like made them these crystallized behemoths of ick. They're like amethyst. And then I don't know. Let's see. I have the flesh shooter quartz, but I think they're just going to be normal. Like they're going to be gross looking. I, I, I saw the I saw the beginning. It looks like the development of it. You got a bunch of dragons there, and well, um, and some of them were already painted, so it's hard to make your own thing when they're and but they look good that way. I don't know. Like I can't even imagine altering them. Like they should look rotted and gross because their lore is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, no. they're probably one of my favorites. I think Flesh Eater Courts have, uh, I've said it before, I think they have some of the best fluff just in terms of the, the sort of totality of the, the narrative and yeah. and the flavor of the army. I think it's some of the best in the all of Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the answer is where the Bretonians went. It does. So there's that added thing. It's like, where'd they go? <laughs> Let me tell you. Well, don't don't say it too loud. We'll get a we'll get added here on Twitter. <laughs> Kai Leonis will, will like just show up and charge my comment section. Uh, love you, Kai, buddy. <laughs> uh, no, I. I uh, uh, hey, Bretonians are still alive in the Blood Bowl Three uh, legacy PDF. It's okay. Yeah. They're still there. So you know they they're, they exist. Gorgeous. They're pretty cool. Um, I don't know. It's I, I I watched a lot of Monty Python around the time I was getting into Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and I just I can never because they have the bucket. They have the pretty cla- There's some sculpts with the pretty classic bucket helm, and I could never take them seriously because like I just it, yeah. it, it like I I love fantasy and stuff like that. Um, but it was I don't know. There was I saw one model and it looked exactly like the Black Knight, and I just like. I'm like, I could never take you seriously now. Yeah. All I hear is the Black Knight or the Knights Who Say Knee or, yes, they're outrageous French accents. <laughs> I am French. That makes me hurt physically because my, my French teacher was from France. So every time I hear the bad French accent, I'm like, yeah, no, now go away or I shall taunt you a second time. Scene, man. Uh, I made a. I, on, speaking, of, mentioned Soulbound a little bit there. Uh, uh, this I run a Soulbound game every Friday. It's not every Friday. Yeah, I, I actually watched some of those. Thank you. Yeah. Um, very yeah. Hey, awesome. I I don't know. I I'm very insecure about Soulbound more so than I am this show uh, with the Soulbound thing because there's maybe it's the, you're talking about like you're kind of ins- I don't say insecure but like not as confident insecurity mm-hmm. and lack of confidence I think are two different things they are. um but I'm not as 
confident in showing a tabletop RPG because I feel like tabletop RPGs are are more intimate. Yes. You know, like a conversation is is yeah. A, yeah, a conversation is a very personal thing. But a conversation framed while I'm talking about community and like, you know, we have sort of a we have like a common parlance. We we know sort of what we wish to talk about tonight. We're, you know, if we st- stumble upon some some tangents, it's it's part of the natural conversation of things. Mm-hmm. With an RPG, because it is sort of a game and it's improv acting, it's storytelling, there's there's it just gets a little bit more intimate and so it feels a little bit like I don't know how the audience is going to take some of this stuff because like I say this thing for this player or I say that for that player and it's it's really it's it's not as it's not as direct, and so I feel a little bit more... I lack a little bit more confidence in that show. And I made a Monty Python joke. Just... Just didn't even, like... I didn't do the self-aware thing where I look at the camera. I didn't do the no, thing where I, I use it as a... Thing. I didn't do the... I, it was the obvious... That's, I did the... It was the... I just made the obvious joke. And I felt like trash for making the obvious joke. Because, like, there was a hallucination scene. And I'm like, uh, like, you see the face of Sigmar. Sigmar, what shall I do for you? I require a shrubbery. And I just, just deadpanned it through the scene. And I'm like, everyone's going to hate that. And like, I just instantly, as I said it, because I was just in improv mode, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, like I defaulted to 14-year-old Andrew 21 years ago shrubbery Aww. joke. I'm like, oof. <laughs> like, I, just... well, but I think that's great, though, because you can take all these different eras and put them in there like... I don't know. Role, for instance, like my first D and D was really awkward, like you said, because you're kind of like if you're not comfortable with this, this is kind of an intimate thing but among the group that you're playing with, and right. with your Sigmar stuff or your Soulbound, it's not intimate with these people. It's with this whole community. Ugh. But like D and D was very awkward for me because I was like, how do I bring down my walls and get over the fact that I'm insecure about basically because like I was in theater. I acted or whatever, you know, took acting classes in high school and was part of that community. But it's different when you're with this small group and then this d- new little thing. It's like well, there, to let all of these walls down. There's no place to hide when you're exactly when, there's, there's no I mean, if it's the first barrier when you get into a tabletop RPG is what can I do? I feel like that's one of the hardest things when you're you're like, OK, I've read the rules. Yes. But then like you're talking to the, even if you have a great GM, you still have this like thing where you're you're like. But what do I do, or what can I do? Yeah. And you're like, how well, do I execute what I know? Yeah, or like, how do I interact with this? And like, you have some people who just like they show up and they just like start talking immediately. Okay, I do this, I do this, and like, mm-hmm. but for other people, it's it's so difficult, especially when you're like me, and I'm like, you can do anything, and and then you're just like, that doesn't help me. Like, wait a no. minute, <laughs> like that doesn't. Any, but how do I do anything? Like, uh, do I roll yes. a die? Do I? And and so there's that that barrier, I guess. Did you? Was that your experience or, 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 I mean, we talked about the wall thing. Like, what was the hard part? I mean, obviously the, the, uh, letting down your walls a little bit and, and, and that sort of that group setting that the intimacy of all that, what was the, what was that hard? Was that the hardest part or was there something else that was like a barrier? I'm wondering. Well, uh, I'm awkward. (laughs) Very socially awkward. Like I freak. I try to be polite. I try to be nice. And sometimes that punches me right in the fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just tangent real, real quick here. Welcome to Ratcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, this <laughs> is a, a little bit shameful, but it explains me very well. So my husband once had a boss, sort of a boss. 
And I had only heard stories of this boss. And he was a very materialistic, very metrosexual kind of guy. And I met him in real life after he, and it wasn't just husband stories. It was also, you know, coworker stories and it was all this other stuff. So I finally meet the guy and my opening line was, wow, you're not nearly as much of a douche bro as I thought you'd be. Mm. And everybody else in here is cringing because they should. That's a horrible thing to say. I thought it was a compliment. Mm. So he goes, excuse me. And I thought he meant for clarification. So I go, you know, douche bro. <laughs> I was like, you know, douche bro, like the metrosexual guy with the weird. And he starts walking away. Yeah, like the Dane, yeah, like the Dane Cook, right? Like the. <laughs> and I was so heartbroken. I had insulted him. I had ruined his day. I had no idea what I'd done wrong. Like I was in theory. It all went really well in my head in practice. Just have to. I just have to clarify here. She didn't say nearly that much. She just said, oh, you don't look like a douche. No, I said, <laughs> I, I said you're not nearly as much of a douche bro as I thought you'd be. Yeah. It was bad, and I felt so terrible. And eventually, you know, it turned out he really was that much of an a-hole. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I wasn't that much of a jackass. But So, my problem is, like, my character, I, I write them very well. I create these people and they're real live breathing people because I, that's what I do. Like I write, I don't yeah. just draw, I write and trying to bring that person to life, do them justice while also getting over my weird ass. I don't even know what it's almost like fucking vomiting diarrhea. Like just, I'm awful at talking. It's like getting over that and then bringing these characters to life was my biggest problem. Cause I'm like, these characters would say this or they would do this in this in interaction. But then it's like, how do I come across that way? Like, do you, do you tend to make characters that are, are like you or in versions of yourself more? My first character was definitely a lot like me. Okay. Very anti-paladin, very much like the rules go this way. We follow the rules. She was, she believed what she was doing was good. I mean, her patron deity was Asmodeus. But she didn't know as, he was bad. As yes. Modius. From, yeah, uh, the freak, uh, freaking uh, Redwall cartoon. The, uh, oh my the snake. god. Redwall. I like, love that. Oh, it was I. It was going to be the first book I read to my kids, but it ended up being uh, uh, Grim, Grimm's Fairy Tales instead. But uh, well, but I just remember the uh, I remember the uh, the cartoon, the Asmodeus, and I had uh, read. I was I was reading Redwall as the the uh, PBS show was coming out. Or as, as it was airing for me anyway. And I remember that voice. And so when I read the... Every time I'd read the, the line in the book where, like, the snakes come, I'd be like, Asmodeus. Mm -hmm. And I'd say it out loud. And it was super awkward because I was in middle school. And so I'd be, yeah. like, reading it. And I'm just in the corner saying Asmodeus. Uh, yeah, nerd. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean... So, so you said you started out, you kind of, like, kind of made extensions of yourself. The anti-pal... Yeah. Worship Asmodeus or Asmodeus or... You know, whatever pronunciation. However you want to, yeah. However yeah. you want to. Yeah. Well, and then so, unfortunately, that campaign kind of went, you know, sideways. I don't. Was this entirely know why? But was this fourth edition, fifth edition, third edition, three five Pathfinder? Where where about was that? I think it was it was fifth. Fifth. Okay. Yeah, we had made a campaign in two point five, but we never got around to making like being able to play that one just because our DM was kind of a flake, but. So I played for, like, the most of my experience comes from 5.0, which is, I think, pretty pretty solid. Like, I know that other people, there's differing opinions, 
which is fine. No, no, no. They're wrong if they don't like 5e. Um, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm a... I, I, my first experience was with AD&D or what I think so, you're calling 2.5. Like, that was kind of my first experience. You know, that's the FACO and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't stick. I played it, like, once or twice. I played the elf class because elf was a class back then. Wherever it was. Maybe it was maybe it was actually first or second. I don't remember. I played an elf. And... Uh, I didn't really stick. I didn't get back into RPGs until sixth grade, uh, when I played TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, RPG by uh, Palladium Books, and That's then oh, so good! It's so eighties though. Like it's just it like it, it it's all it oh it's it, mwah, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, TMNT. You have bio e. You like build your mutant with with bio energy oh, points, and like that's I had so a, cool. I had a mutant weasel. Well, it was a mutant ferret, but it wasn't allowed. Oh. Ferret isn't in there, so I had to use a weasel and then say it was a ferret. Uh, which Ferrets is are the bomb. Uh, yeah, I big into Beastmaster with Kodo and Poto. Like, bound and now. Shout out to Beastmaster. <laughs> um, so it, the, yeah, so I made a, a mutant weasel ninja, and you know that that was for me. That was our, like I got into RPGs there, and then from there I was it was a thing. But I came back around to D anD. D essentially in college with 3.0. So I have very fond memories. I love 3.0. But 3.0 is the Baron's chat of oh. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh dear. <laughs> um you, you want to experience it because you will be different, but 5th edition is I think their their most comprehensive sort of best balance of the game in its in its entirety. Um, yeah. They actually like this is minutia I just recently found out from Vince Venturella of all humans, uh, that they actually hired, uh, like essentially like layout design gurus to lay out that book to be more appealing to women. Actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they actually like psychological profiling of, of like, you know, like, you know, where our eyes naturally gravitate to the, you know, it goes back to classic, like hunter gatherer versus yeah. yada, yada, yada. They actually laid out the book differently than, than previous editions. And they, they put a lot of care into making it, uh, just more approachable, uh, I think for, 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 for women and such like that. They've, they've for a long time done, uh, female pronouns in their, you know, like third edition yeah. had instead of he or them or whatever they did her and she. So they, they they they've always had an eye towards towards uh towards that sort of thing. And fourth edition for me was the game to get WoW nerds to play D- Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. So so fourth edition gets like kind of maligned because it's not Dungeons and Dragons, but it's a very good tabletop game that will read like a video game to get you like into that realm. And then fifth ed just that kind of really cool. Fifth edition brings it all together, though, and so I, I, I have, uh, I don't like that all the saver dies are gone except for one, uh, two. There's two, um, but because uh, I was, I'm a DM. I want my saver dies. I want finger of death to murder the thing when I point at it. Like, yeah, c- come on, you can't. But anyway, I, I digress. Some people hate that, um, but fifth edition, I, I, people are wrong if they hate that edition. They're just wrong. <laughs> like I, I, I get it. I jumped onto. 3.5 or Pathfinder when 4th edition came out because that was, for me, it felt more like Babby's first RPG because I was an elitist and a prick back then. But yeah. uh, but I've come around to 4th to You got ed- better. I got better. I, I got better. Yeah, I got better. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> I 
go bed. We, we do that all the time at the house. Like, I got better. <laughs> got better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, so you, you again, uh, bring it all the way back. I love letting my RPG nerd fly, flag fly a little too hard this episode. Um, Kicker, my first RPG was Star Wars by West End Games. Is that the D6 one? Because the, I only know Star Wars by the dice it used. And the D6 one was bomb. It was the bomb. <laughs> she turned me into a newt. <laughs> a newt. I'm a witch. <laughs> <Got> better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, I can't... Man, I think it's time for a, for a Monty Python rewatch. Yeah, I've actually, like... So I was sheltered as a kid, obviously. I didn't know what Monty Python was until I was mid-20s. Mm. So every day, my husband and his mother are both like, you haven't seen that? And I'm like, you know me, it's been 10 years. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. We need to watch this. I'm like, yes, let's please do that. Because, you know, now I know what Monty Python is. Now I know, like, there were so many things I had no idea. I was like... I lived most of my life without these gyms. This mm -hmm. is awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, just to kind of bring this back, so so your original, uh, your anti-paladin, I guess, was that that was the first character. Um, she was technically paladin, but yeah. Well, anti-hero paladin, maybe. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that yeah? Right. Yeah, on. that's a better way. Yeah, right on. Um, so basically, Wolverine. <laughs> well, kind of yes. She uh, was. She had a definite chip on her shoulder, but not one that was unearned. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, Wolverine has. I think because the morality of our universe has shifted, he is no yeah. longer an anti-paladin. He or an, an anti-hero. He is just a goddamn hero now, which is what makes him so much cooler. Uh, it also makes Superman and, and Captain America even cooler because it's way harder to be Boy Scouts right now than it ever has been. Yeah. But, uh, uh, that makes them awesome. Sorry, uh, comic book tangent. Um, I'm just feeling insecure about like not knowing what the uh, fur fur affinity was earlier. So now I have to be fur like affinity fur affinity. So yes, it's deviant art, but for furries. So so I just have to be like, see, I'm still a nerd. Everybody, I still know about all these. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's the wine. Uh, <laughs> um, but so you did that. Uh, so about in sort of progressing your RPG character, and I'm I'm asking because I wonder if playing RPGs has helped you socially, or you've had to explore like your social interactions. Have RPGs done that? Have you played like that full inversion of yourself, where like this is a character that's totally not me? Yes, actually, my gnome bard Tulls. <laughs> she had like fifty names, but ultimately. You know, whipping out eight because gnomes, forest gnomes get a name for basically anybody who's, who's in the room. And I took that to heart. So she had like eight full names and then her final name. And people were like, that's way too fucking long. And I was like, you're right, but I'm going to say it every time. And they're like, please don't. And it's I was like, like, no, we're going to do this. It's like but, a, pimp, a pimp named Slickback or a tribe called Quest. You say the whole thing every time. Yes, every or, time. It's like, hi, my name is da -da 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 -da. every time. And it's like, what was that? Oh, okay, let me repeat that in full for you <laughs> with theatric flair. I was like, eventually people were like, all right, but like we only have two hours to D&D. &D, so can we maybe come up with a nickname? And I was like, all right, that's fine. But she was, <laughs> it was she, a, I have a picture of her somewhere. But was it one ultimately of the not me. Was it one of those like okay? I'm gonna we're gonna use the abbreviation uh, like like meta game a little bit like I'm gonna use the abbreviation the nickname, but I want you to know every time I say this in character. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's funny because like Jared tells me this. I don't know if you've watched Gravity Falls. 
It's an adorable two season. It's a lot like My Little Pony in a sense that it's a cartoon, but it has a lot for adults. Gravity Falls, look it up. Mabel Pines is one of the main characters. She's a twin of Dipper, and she's just the funniest, most uninhibited individual. And I can be Mabel Pines and not have any issues. Like, that's a full part of my personality. While also being this really introverted individual, like, I don't know, there's... You're not just your box. You're not just... You're not just, like one thing you can be multiple things at the same time because nobody is just their labels and i hate that so much oh. that people are like well i'm this and i'm like that is not all you shut up but so like i can be this really boisterous happy person or i could be this really stoic asshole and it like all of them are me so i don't know that there is like this specifically not me but i made it I intentionally went out of my comfort zone with my gnome. I was like, I'm going to do things I didn't do before. I'm going to make sure I get into interactions that I would not normally do. And that does kind of help with real life because, you know, when you're role playing, you're like, all right, so now I have to adjust on the fly and you can work that with real people. It's like, all right, I'm in this interaction. I don't want to be in this interaction. I don't know what they're going to do. But now all of a sudden you're kind of a theatric individual in a sense that you can react to what they're doing in a socially acceptable way. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm kind of pretending to be a basic human. I mean, this human suit is kind of itchy, but like you think <laughs> I'm a normal person, and that's great because then I can get this over with faster and move on to something that's actually fun. See, so that does help. I swear this is why I picked up liking sports is for for that reason. I, when I I had that when you're young and you're not in a box yet. When you you know that age, like you don't really. I don't think you get put in a box until about middle school. At least that's yeah. that was my journey. Um, like I, when I was young, we all did everything. It was all fun. We all played with GI Joes and TMNT. You yeah. know, we all watched cartoons that we didn't know were anime back then, but turned out to be like Robotech slash Macross. Like uh, I'm I'm a little bit older than you, so probably a little bit different. Um, we all did. I we all played soccer at recess or Foursquare was the shit. Like that was. And then as you got older, people started stuffing you in the box. Like yeah. And the older you got, the and and it just. I'm only now, we're talking like these last two years, been comfortable with kind of jettisoning that just crap from my life because I'm I'm kind of tired of, of the the barriers we place between ourselves and others, the the lack mm-hmm. of compassion, the lack of, you know, like I could be different from you or disagree with you, and still like you and still respect you and like I'm like. You know, the labels, I mean, I mean, but I, I picked up sports and liking sports so that I had like a universal dialogue because I was awkward. You know, yeah. when I, I had like a couple things I could talk about. And if we ever got outside of that, I couldn't I'm talk like, anymore. Yep. I'm just like quiet and just staring at you intensely because I'm socially awkward. Or, like I want so badly to relate <laughs> to you as another human, but I have nothing to give you. Well, I mean, that's the thing. and like you would see my eyes do like the uh, the scientist thing, where like I start like I start looking at you like you're a rat in a in a in a, in a tube, and I'm studying you because like I'm like I don't I'm just like looking, and that I guess that people don't like that, and so I had to like <laughs> learn to be better at social in a very INTJ. Which uh, manner, which is you know astrology for nerds, uh, you know the the intense. I'm very like I'm think I'm thinking and judging you in every social situation, and and I have to actively disengage that part of my mind because it's just how. Yeah, you don't connect with people that way. You mm-hmm. learn patterns that way. Right, right, right. 
Gravity Falls so good. I'm trying to conjure a new glass of wine here. <laughs> Just winch. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would do that to Jared, but he's got our baby and she's pissed, so. It's adorable. Adorable. Um, so speaking of, actually, like, you you have, obviously, this this family, 10 years with, with, with Jared, uh, Razor Tree Productions, as some of, you, some of you all know, are just Razor Tree, depending on how you're viewing this. Um, like, how do you get in time to both be nerds and stuff? We kind of talked a little bit about, like, the introvert, you know, having your, 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 you get mommy time. This is like, this is it. Like, I'm going to go park, stare at some trees and birds. Uh, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you like sort of like get in your, your, you know, mutual nerd time and like your individual nerd time? How do you balance that in your life? Cause I think that that is a struggle for most people right now. That, well, and the quarantine kind of throws a wrench in everybody's thing. Yeah. Cause like, what the fuck do you do? Like, Texas, everybody knows we're a little more more liberal about it because we have, you know, whatever the case is. So we we see, like, for instance, our family groups, we see them fairly often. Some people full on close only into me or immediate family bubbles. No, I I can't do that. Like, I struggle with depression too hard to entirely close myself off from the few people that will interact with me, no matter whether I'm in a piss poor mood or whatever. So so. so so you have a little bit of a, like a, in terms of your sort of like priorities, you're like, okay, yeah, eh, sickness is, I'm going to, my sickness level is a little bit more elevator potential to get sick or get someone sick. But like literally my depression levels, you know, like I, I gotta, I gotta take care of my mental health. And that well, means I gotta go ahead, continue. You're right. Like I, in COVID, I'm one of the high risk groups. I have really bad heart troubles. I have very bad asthma. It attacks your lungs and your, you know, respiratory. Yep. Yeah. So I'm in a high risk group, but like I live depression so bad that I tried to kill myself. Like I have scars that will never like, I guess, gross tangent for a second. Like you can't go to the OBGYN and have to, you know, you know, get rid of all of your shame and not have doctors look at you funny. Like, wow, you're a fucking psycho. It's like, no, you're wrong. I don't know. Like. I've been there where life meant nothing, nothing felt good, food tasted like ash, and that's not a place I want to be ever again. It's mm -hmm. worse than death because it's like, you know, you wake up and there's joy and there's, everybody else is enjoying life and what's wrong with me? Why can't I do that? Why am I not a normal person that can feel joy? And that's worse than death in my opinion. Like, the people that kill themselves from suicide are tragic upsetting individuals and you know god find mercy on their souls just because maybe some in another life they'll be better or happier or something but like yeah it's horrible so it's like okay i do have high risk we live with my husband's 91 91 year old grandfather and even he's like i can't, i can't i've lived through the spanish flu and this is this is worse like this quarantine you don't see people you don't interact with people you kind of forget how to be human even to some extent like you can't interact outside your bubbles which is terribly sad mm -hmm. but you know i guess yes i do value mental health almost as much as i value physical health because like what are you without one or the other well that i mean this is this is a big talking point i'm, I'm actually wearing one of my mental health uh, america shirts right now um, which is a bunch of tiny text. Um, I've long since taken the stance of mental health visibility, so I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, it, it's 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 hard. I mean, it's 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 so hard. And you, we were talking about a little bit earlier 
um, just normalizing depression. You know, I depression, anxiety, and I have a disassociative tendency, yes. which is fun. Ooh. It's also so what is it DSD or DMD? I can't remember what it is. Um, so the, there's multiple personalities is a disassociative disorder. Um, I am not, I do not have multiple personalities. So when I even say I, I have a disassociative tendency or I, I have disassociation problems, uh, if anyone is up on the lingo, they're like, Oh, he has multiple personalities or he's bipolar. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, my disassociative tendency is also known as like the matrix effects, uh, the matrix effect, or, uh, well, that's the la- the best way I can put it, it where you feel like you're, uh, it's a, it's it's essentially like we all possess this ability to disassociate, uh, which is like uh, it, the hunter gatherer sense in the back in the cave time. Things would be too stressful, and we would sort of kinda... your brain disconnects you from essentially your body in that moment, and you feel like you're watching yourself because the fear, or in that primal sense, is too great for you to kind of cope with. So it's this yeah. defense mechanism we have. Mine is super heightened. So when I get stressed out in life or my anxiety levels get really high, I completely disassociate. I disconnect from my self and I feel like I'm in the matrix. Like reality for me, and you had an insomnia where I'm already like, woo, I'm, al- I'm always like one day away from, one more day of not sleeping away from having tricks of light and like minor hallucinations. Like I'm always just like one day away from that. And you, you're, I think you mentioned you're, you're an insomniac. And... Yeah, like it's actually kind of nice. My eyes are better, but like I've been <laughs> having such a problem. Like I have permanent eye bags. And then over the last few days, like the inside of my eyes were so bloodshot, they were just red. Yeah. It's like, I can't sleep. So what do I do? I have a small baby. My kids wake up at the ass crack of dawn to go to school. And I'm like, well, no sleep. Does it feel like a superpower sometimes? That being you're... a mom? <laughs> no. Well, yeah, obviously being a mom. I meant ins- insomnia, but answer either question. Um... Yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where you're like, woohoo, I have all this time to like be anxious. Oh, and... you get a sludge. You become sludge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, I have four. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's like I don't get sleep and I have a problem with like the same I guess it's the same thing you do where I just like nothing matters and I'm like why well, am I doing any of this? Well, but like if I don't sleep enough, it gets to that point and I'm like I can't do that because I have three human beings that need me to do this. I have to I have to be the supportive wife. I have to be kind of a sort of caregiver to an elderly individual. I'm like I can't be that way. You have to take care of yourself. Right, right. Well, when you talked about, like, you see others, like, feeling joy, you know, mm-hmm. I feel it. That's that's what kind of reminded me of this uh, last couple times I've – I haven't I haven't uh, talked to a professional in a long time, and COVID's made it even harder. Um, I know there's resources mm-hmm. online. I should probably practice what I preach a lot better and look into some of them and have a Zoom call with a psychologist or something. But um, I was – the thing they, they were, like, talking to me about was, like, the disassociation and stuff like that. Um and watching people feel happy about stuff where like, I'm just like, I don't feel that right now. And I just, and then you have that part where my body like pulls away or my mind and my body separate. And I'm just like sitting there like, I don't feel happy and nothing brings me this happiness. And I look at everybody else going, I'm happy right now. And like watching people get, it happened real bad at the beginning of the year. Um, Maybe COVID was a factor. Maybe it was just my normal cycle. Um, 
But I watched people getting excited about every release that was about to come out for Warhammer and people getting excited about the next Star Wars movie and people getting excited about The Mandalorian on Disney and people getting I watched people just getting excited about a bunch of stuff. And I was just like, and I honestly looked around and I'm like, I know that I, I'm capable of excitement. I feel excitement about various things. And then like in this moment, and it was in this moment was an extended period of time, it was several weeks. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not excited about literally anything. The, and, and then watching other people feel that excitement and feeling completely and utterly outside my body and just watching it all and feeling less than human because I'm not able to get happy that the movie's coming yeah. out. Things that I love. I love Warhammer. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't wait for the next Warhammer thing. And I'm just like, why don't, why don't you feel excited right now? I'm like, you know, like work. Yes, it's like you were human. Human, like humans get excited over this. Your your fellow humans are doing this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't have any advice for anybody, but I do want to say that you're not alone. Obviously, we got two folks here, uh, kind of sharing some of their their personal journey, and uh, so you're not alone. And that's, I think, one of the worst human emotions is just loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a saying of like, you're you're born alone and you'll die alone, and I fucking hate that it's like that's not true like in your last moments maybe but like every moment in in between that you are not alone i like, to some extent there is always somebody there i, I if if who knows i you know i you know i i who knows really you know until you go through it right but they mm -hmm. say your life flashes before your eyes then you're seeing all the people you were with i would believe um Shaky Graves from Austin, Texas, uh, one of my absolute favorite musicians, uh, he has a song called uh, Roll the Bones, and in it he says, uh, in the end they say we die alone, but I say who really knows. Hmm. And, uh, you know. That's simple and profound. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, try to forget all your enemies and regrets. Uh, they'll just leave you broken and chasing sour dreams something like that i'll look up the lyrics in a minute but it's it's a beautiful it's one of those songs i listen to to feel better and uh it's it's just because he's just um yeah so it goes so it goes that sweet heirloom them abbey stones oh take a chance and roll the bones cut off your hair unplug your phone yeah ah, I just that. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and sell your belongings, all your clever drawings, try to make a dollar from the grave, but who's to blame? Well, so it goes, yes, yeah, so it goes, them city boys in country clothes, oh, take the chance and roll the bones, go crash your car, burn down your home. Try to forget all your enemies and debts, try to forget all them enemies and debts, they'll just chase you around and give you sour dreams. Yeah, yep. so it seems. So struggle all you like, you put up the good fight, they say someday... Everybody dies alone. Yeah, struggle all you like. Put up the good fight. They say someday everybody dies alone. But hey, who knows? Yeah, hey, who knows? Who really knows? And it's like, like, it's just, yes. like, it's it's just like, for me, it's like a song about like kind of letting go of the anxiety for, for me. It, it, like letting go of the anxiety. I love, as I am an artist, I like the idea of, I don't know, it's just, so... So yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful song. It's pretty great. Look it up on the internet. Uh, I can't play it for you because I will get uh, I will get TOS'd and told to take down my video. Uh, yeah. um, but try to forget all your enemies and debts and just... I don't know. It, it, like, 
like letting other the other stuff weigh on you when there's so much already to weigh on you like you, you you're a mom you're a wife you're a a content creator now like <laughs> uh for be an author, hopefully cause uh, got a whole bunch of trash here look like, at that that's the book yeah there you go hopefully some someday soon i say as i scribble and do everything but is it write. is it is it finished it's in so okay i'm an asshole where i have to have it i'm a I'm a perfectionist, but also crippled by anxiety and fear of like releasing it and it being hated. So I edit it and edit and edit it, even though there are people that do that. That's their job. That's the whole thing that they do. Is it? So is I'm it, not gonna. Is it finished though? Like you're on a rework or re-edit? It's just needing like a final round of editing. Okay. My editing, and then I'll send it off to an editor because, like, like I said. I love the English language. It's beautiful. And there's, you know, we have so many words for so many cool things and quick tangent. I fight anxiety with the power of positivity. So like if you can muster it, you can manage to, you know, get yourself a little bit further, like find that silver lining. But quick tangent aside, it's like, I have to be perfect. It has to be perfect before I send it off. So, you know, It'll be done soon. It'll be. I'll be comfortable with sending it off soon. Okay. See, that's awesome. If you got a beginning, middle, and an end, you've already the hardest part of writing anything. And this is, I've got two published stories, so I'm an authority and a bunch of like, fucking articles and shit that no one will ever read. I can't give away my stories, so like I've I've <gasps> I have all kinds of like shit I'm fighting inside when it comes to me as a writer. Um. I did a last year. I did a poet a poetry anthology called "A Thousand Bad Words," like, mm. and uh, so it's just a thousand bad words. The 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 total word count in it, not including the title and the foreword and stuff like that, is one thousand. So I, I found a collection of my poems that, if I put them together, equaled a thousand words. Because uh, I write. You said you write when you're angry. I write when I'm angry, depressed. Like I yeah. don't write when I'm whimsical and happy. Like in terms of poetry, I, I like I. I write silly stories and stuff when I'm happy and tell like weird RPGs with Monty Python yeah. jokes. But when I poetry is there for when I just like uh, I've got the bad There's words in me. You got to get yeah. them. You got to get them out. You got to put them on the paper because the paper is a prison. And if they're not in me and they're on the paper, then those bad the bad stuff is in prison, and then I can move on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. The hardest part of writing is finishing. It's that's the hardest part from my experience, and it sounds like you are basically finished so you're already you're already there my friend well the issue is not like i also have problems with add in terms of writing so what i do is roughly the same as you where i have these note cards and you can't read it basically but it says writing prompt so i get a million new story ideas but like just the bare bones so i write it down on this and i put it in my desk is over there you can't see it at all not this one in the back that's winston's right over there is my whole are they on yeah. your wall? Are they? They're on your not. Wall? They're in, oh. they're in a. I have pictures of all the people that I know that I love and that I like live for on my wall, like all my nieces and nephews, my kids, and you know. But on, I have a little desk of like random shit. Mm-hmm. It's like you know healing stones or whatever, because I do believe that the earth has energy. My lava lamp, because why wouldn't you have a lava lamp? Those things are fucking awesome. I'm failing. But there's this box. You are failing. Uh, I want no, a I... feeling for the <laughs> one, and I want it in blue. Like, yeah. if somebody can 
de design me a full on anyway. But there's a box. That's at that box at Tulilia one on Twitter. If you can design a floor to ceiling blue lava lamp. Yeah, I mean, I can design it, build it for me. <laughs> but yeah, there's a box. It's like my prison where I put these in there and I forget about them and I don't have to deal with them until I want to write another story. And then there's my writing prompt. Let's bring it out. Okay, there's my story. Like this one's trash because some of them I like. I'm a, I'm a woman. I like romance. So some of them are dirty romance stories, but mostly they're cool, like with mages and wizards and fighting. And I say, like I, I say the dirty erotica is better with wizards and werewolves and shit. So just Thank lean you. in. Lean yeah, in. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and cool. really you just take out some of the scenes and bam, it's like a cool action series, but. Anyway. <laughs> I, I come on like i i think about like the frank frazetta like uh cover like dragon lance was basically a romance novel it yes. it, it just like it it the way it was written like the way cardamon was written the like i'm like you're just cutting out the like you're just cutting you're, out the yeah. sex and like yes. but otherwise it's a romance novel um i i don't know i i, I used to have opinions on stuff like like harshing, I, I I still use E. L. James as a motivator because I've read the first Fifty Shades of Grey for a couple chapters because I used to work at a bookstore and like oh. you mentioned with the comic book stuff, I had to know what I was selling so I would read the stuff to sell it. So I read Twilight, the whole first book yes. actually. Uh, My friend it, tricked me into reading that it, and I read it. It really agitated me how many times Edwin Cull uh, Cullen's. Uh, Edward Cullen's eyes were described as smoldering. Find a different adjective. Here's a th 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 thesaurus. I will buy you one. Uh, so that bothered me. Yep. But uh, that's all I remember from it. But E.L. James, or I use... The P word is the one I hate. He's perfect. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Use a different word. Yeah. Yeah. Like E.L. E. L. James with Fifty Shades of Grey. And I'm like, I am objectively a better writer than this. God damn it. And <laughs> just like being mad at myself. There's for... your calling. Meth, there's your calling. Is Write that... porn. There... <sighs> Maybe. Dirty porn. If you're a better writer and you can get ladies hotter than him and you can get all the grannies and whatever wet, then just. Maybe. 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 I did write a, my one Warhammer story, the only Warhammer fan fiction story I've ever written. It's about Catacross defeating a uh, corn prince with his codpiece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so that was like the only is just like, and it was like his op, like his opulent cod piece, and the perfection stunned the demon in its place. And then like, and then we do a scene jump where like the demon like comes to and like his tower like which is made out of bones because they're coming to collect the tithe, right? They got to get the bones. I mean the phallus, the the phallic symbolism in in that whole army is amazing, but also. Sort of paradoxically, they're sort of like, uh, they can be like without gender because it's like 12 souls in just a sculpted body. So yeah. like, like super, like, could be super progressive if you want that whole army to be. Start using they, them pronouns for everything because it's, yeah. it's 12 souls in a body. There's, I mean, imagine the weird erotica you come up with like 12 souls that are all sex experts in one body or whatever the... <laughs> I mean, the... There is, the possibilities are endless, really. Right. So yeah, the the I just wrote the one story about how Catacross defeats a like a, a demon prince of corn with his codpiece, and it was that was it because the whole the army wasn't out yet, 
and like we just saw this the statuesque sculpted by michelangelo himself model of catacross and i'm just like every time he touched his bone (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna kill me (laughs) every time he touched his bone tithe his liege writhed in ecstasy okay so vintage I can't read that. Vanilla sauce. Whoever you are. Vanilla sauce. Yes, yeah. I will read that. Yeah. Write that. I will read it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't try to yuck anyone's yum anymore. I used to. Um, but no, I'm like, yeah, I'm a better writer than this person. And even that comparison is the thief of joy, right? Um, yeah. But the thing that I, the, the ultimate thing I landed upon is that E.L. James finished her story. And all these authors out there that struggle with with writing and publishing is just finish the thing, edit the thing. If you've got trusted people you workshop with or, or editors, you know, that can edit the thing. Awesome. That helps you. Um, but finish the thing, get it out there. Um, especially in the digital medium or the, the digital era. Uh, you know, yeah, you can like Amazon prime has all of those things for like, Oh, buy it for a dollar. And here's your digital version of it. You don't even need to paperback. So you don't have physical evidence of your shame. Right. Exactly. Oh man, I mean, there's there's this. You, speaking of furries, you know, there's something called the Alphaverse. This is a thing, hmm. which is like a weird furry erotica thing, and most of it exists only digitally, and it's essentially like fan fiction. It's like just just get the stories out there. Uh, you know, I my plan for my book uh, once I finally finish it. Oh, hello. You get, you get to take it in the Yeah, imperf- right. imperfect finished is better than perfect never finished. Exactly, vanilla sauce. Um, yeah, it, it, but like with the, my my plan for my book once I get it finished is to do it the old school way initially, shop, try to shop it around, get it published physically first, and if that fails, mm-hmm. because I have stacks upon stacks of rejections for stories I've forgotten I've written. Huh. Um, <laughs> oh man, I don't even get the automated rejection letters anymore for most of my stuff, which is fantastic. Uh does wonders for my spirit. Um, <laughs> he says carelessly. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, but I want to do that with like, when I finally finish, when I finish my novel and I'm going to try it that way. And then when that fails, I'm just going to throw it up in, into the world for free. That's my plan anyway. Um, it, hmm. Do you um, is pretty much. Yeah. Just uncover the secret of my channel. <laughs> Vanilla sauce, you just uncovered the secret of my channel. Exactly. It's how Mef got me to finally do my tactics videos. I did. Yeah. That's right. That is the advice I gave you, Vanilla sauce. You can always fine tune it and get better. But it it does nothing if it's not out there. C.S. Lewis stole a copy and uh, sent it to the publisher for Tolkien because he was never going to finish it. Oh, I didn't know that. So. They were the best bros, so that's something I totally believe. Hmm, that's amazing. I didn't know that. I need that link. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, just do the thing. I mean that. I mean that's my. I mean, it's the Shia LaBeouf. You know, just do it. That's that's all it is. But it sounds like you you're already on your way, so you don't need me prattling on. That's mostly for chat gang who might maybe get a little bit of a life lesson out of this show. I mean, a kick in the ass is almost always welcome. So. Yeah. Right. Right. And there we go. Um, so, yeah, um, man, this is a 
um awesome warhammer and uh is there uh anything uh you'd like to sort of any soapbox moment anything you any rant you've been holding on to you'd like to get out uh i guess for the most part i've touched on a lot of them but um you know as y'all know razor tree is generally for als so I guess for my soapbox moment would be more of a soapbox and not so much of a rant. Like I said, the person that got us into this this community and therefore us on Mef's channel and all this other stuff has ALS and he's one of the best friends we could have ever asked for. He's a just a gem of a human being. I don't know. He's probably going, man, you guys are fucking... And that's fine because, you know, that's Dave and we love him. But really, guys, like... There's so many diseases out there. The ones you can see and the ones you can't see, like our mental diseases and things that people struggle with. It's like if you could just like, I guess, I don't know, like the thing that I've been doing is, you know, for a holiday or something, you just donate a little bit because there's a lot of people out there with no hope. And that's just like I said, it's it's almost worse than li than dying, just living without any kind of hope. Like, you know, you see in all these cute fantasy things like hope for humanity is just the best thing. It can do wonders because it really can. It can move mountains. So I guess just, I don't know, keep that in mind hmm. that there are a lot of people that suffer and you can see it and not just like mental awareness is very important, but there are also a lot of people that suffer where you can see it and you don't like, we have all this normalcy for, for mental problems. Or I don't want to call them problems, but you know what I mean? Like mental, me mental health awareness health. Yeah, just yeah, mental exactly. health awareness. Yeah. Like they're, and we're not scared of people because it's becoming normal. It's becoming okay to have them and it's becoming okay to talk about them and to comfort people with them. And there are a lot of people that it's not okay. Like, you're not going to survive ALS. You're not going to survive. A lot of people don't survive cancer. Like, we've lost, I lost my other mother in January on my mom's birthday to cancer, which is the fucking worst because now it's like, yay, mom, happy birthday. Sorry that it's the anniversary of your best friend's death and, you know, my other mom's death, my emotional half of a mother. She's gone now. Yeah, so Lulu Yeah, Lulu and I buried our moms in, within seven months of each other. Her mom died, and then I buried mine seven months later. Um, so, uh, no, but my, my mom's thing was like, the, you mentioned the, the brain and the body. My mom's is the, the, the mental health and then the body and uh, like hers was a long time struggle with abuse, substance abuse because of the mental stuff. And so you watched her, but I mean that that's neither here nor there. I, I get what you're saying is like that, that sort of, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, like, uh, when people are terminal, I feel like we treat them a little bit like the, like the walking dead and we start to put them out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Because it's for us to cope with that. We distance from it. Um, and I don't know if that's the best human behavior to... No. Well, like, even with my other mother, it's like, you know, we we knew she had leukemia. And when she got sent home, it's like every time I have a... Over there, I have like a... You might be able to hear it. It's a clock. It ticks. It's like every tick is a second less that I have with Dave. Every tick is a second less I had with Cindy. And it's horrifying and it's sad. It's like we don't keep people at arm's length for having mental problems anymore. You know, don't keep people... I don't know if anybody needs to hear this. Like, if you're scared of watching death 
get closer or whatever, but just, I guess, try not to ostracize people that have it. And if you're feeling generous, like a lot of people felt generous for mental health. It's like, if you like us, if you like what we do, you can also consider like we have ALS stuff. You can submit to that or, you know, any, anything you can get behind, anything you can feel passionate about. Like for instance, my kids are going to grow up and then I have all the time in the world to be, basically I want to be a smart farmer. So like a, <laughs> help that earth energy right <laughs> well, no it's a it's like a biological you know agricultural zoologist is what i want to do but i also kind of want to do something with like i don't know <laughs> science i sound like an idiot i write great but like there's a lot of things like for instance the thing that killed cindy was just one of her chromosomes like there was a weird genetic defect on it like we could have there's so many cool things that they do about like removing those and that's something i could do is like you could find the cure for this find the cure for that like i said i'm very science-minded but i sound like a retard i'm like well or the r word sorry that's not a yeah no no we try to avoid the slurs but yeah yes i sound like an idiot excuse me but yeah so i'm like i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying just don't push people away especially those who have short amounts of time with us yeah, no, my buddy uh, Craig had uh, uh, DMD or Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Oh. And that's a death sentence. You usually don't live uh, into your teen. Uh, he made it into his teens because uh, probably some experimental steroids shit. Uh, shit we never talked about and stuff I don't know. And he, the hard, I think the, the hard part of, on the, the flip side of it is like they, some people, when they know that they're, their terminal they distance from you and i have no answer and i have nothing to say about how do you reconnect with those people that stop it's i mean my main thing is to just try to leave the world a better place than you find it and to try to have compassion for other people and try to connect with humans as hard as it is um and you know don't let hate and fear rule your life um you know uh, try not to be willfully ignorant uh ignorance is okay but once you find out you're ignorant you correct it like so mm-hmm. i just i it's it's not it's a little bit of a live and a let live thing but it's a little bit more of try to live better and try to be a part of people's lives more so it's it's a little bit of the you know like you know you do you enjoy indulge your not safe for work furry sites and and all that <laughs> stuff but then also you know remember we're all humans and none of us have this figured out not a single one and uh, many people think they have it figured out and I it I am to them man I'm really envious of them honestly. Like having the big questions and having the big problems all solved, I, I wish I lived in your life. You know, I, I mean, I, that's awesome for you. I hope that with that, that you're able to do some really awesome stuff for your, for your fellow human and, and do some really awesome stuff for yourself and, and all that live, you know, whatever best life you got going on, but man, I don't have that big stuff figured out and I won't ever pretend to. So I just try to do right by people and stuff which is something i think everybody could maybe stand to keep a little bit more in mind especially with all of the weird you know 
tense things going on in the world right now. It's like, mm. it's just love your neighbor. We all hear it. It's a, one of those cliches for a reason. Well, love your neighbor. Life gets better. Love your neighbor. Life gets better. I like what Razor Tree says here. What, what Jared says here. Find a cause that touches you and donate uh, to it. Uh, ours is ALS. So we will be pushing, donating to that. And I think there's a plenty of great causes out there. Um, Absolutely. And you find the ones that I I donated to the Hello Lou, what's going on? Yep. The uh they're doing the child's play right now. Um, you know, I found a couple extra I found ten extra bucks and threw it at that. Um I'm probably throw something at ALS here. The thing I found, um with I did the MHA drive and I did a, a, a fair fight drive and, and a journalism drive before that um, is you can't by yourself all the time. It feels the world feels so big by your by yourself. It feels everything feels so, so big and so hard and the, the weights there and that maybe that's my anxiety and depression talking, but with enough people helping each other out you can make a dent uh music i draw tons of inspiration from music there's a song by a band called frightened rabbit um uh scott hutchinson is no longer with us he lost his fight with mental his mental health i don't know if that's the good way to say it i, I don't know how to say it um but he has a song called uh, heads will <laughs> when heads roll off and he says uh while i'm alive i'll make tiny changes to earth uh, that's practically my motto these days. So, like, while I'm alive, I'll make tiny changes to Earth. You know, because someday, I think the line is, my head will roll off, someone else's will turn. You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, when my time runs out, someone else's will start. Like, just... Yeah. And so, while I'm alive, I'll make tiny changes to Earth. And just, like, I want... That's... So, just, you know, find something to live for and change and be a part of people's lives, especially those that, you know, especially right now, check in on your friends, you know, check in on. Yep. Cause your extra extrovert friends are not okay right now. No, they are not. Introverted, you know how to do this. You are great at this. Help your extrovert friends. They are yeah. suffering just as one of the many things you could be doing. That's so small, but it'll help somebody. Right. You can make, you can make tiny dents, you know, death to smoochie. You can't change the world, but you can make a dent. <laughs> like, and that's, I don't know. I mean, that's why I do Rantcast is, is I try to talk to nerds <laughs> and, uh, and see where like our sort of adjacent lives line up and just unite us via our shared passion, mm -hmm. which in this case is Warhammer. Uh, it turns out you you and I have a passion for for writing. I know Jared and I have a huge passion for music music in common. Uh, he even shared his death death metal voice with me, which is fantastic. He's super good at it. He's my <laughs> articulate side, as you can tell in chat. Here I ramble, and he's like, "Yeah, by the way, just find a cause." I'm like, "Yeah, that's mm. what I was trying to say." I I run a I mean I run a a show called Rantcast because I have a similar problem. I just the words jumble up inside when I can take time to concentrate and edit and you know, do that stuff. Or I, th I can think about the perfect sentence for one mm -hmm. hour and then I can write the perfect sentence. But when I'm in the moment, I just like, <laughs> I just kind of yeah. stammer, yeah. stammer through and I'm kind of making it up as I go along or, 
making up the connection between the thought that's in my head that I have and the words that I'm trying to express them with. Um, so uh, I thank you so much for being on, uh, taking time away from, from the critters yeah. uh, to, <laughs> to be with me uh, and, and share your story and your journey, um, your passion uh, for art and writing and, and all the nerd things that you've uh you've <laughs> you've you've acquired uh acquired, throughout your acquired th- yeah uh, throughout your journey um te- learning me something about furries uh, i appreciate that because uh i those are subcultures that i just think are utterly fascinating but it's like it's how do you like ask someone about being a furry like so well, you're just, a furry right like <laughs> yeah on. well i mean just go on for affinity for some of them are are very unfriendly like that's the first place i found where labels matter Mm. like so straight white female mother are bad to some of them but the vast majority of them are very helpful and they are very sweet people and they'll tell you exactly what furry means and what fursuiting means or whatever it is you want to know like Mm. because a lot of them are like oh you don't know let me tell you the thing it's Mm. like let me help you. It's like, okay, cool. So if you want, you could just go, oh, here's an account on Fur Affinity. Find somebody. What is this? Oh, no. And they'll be willing to tell you. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the, my fear is Google will remember. <laughs> no, just, oh, yeah. It's just like, a well, joke. Do it on just one of the other, yeah, other it, search engines. Yeah. It, just, this is the one time you use Bing, okay? Hop on over to Bing. Look into furries with Bing. You'll never use yes. it again. Uh, it won't co-opt the rest of your searches forever. Yeah, if you don't want butt plugs with like weird fuzzy tails on them, don't do it on Google. <laughs> There's your warning. I'm gonna have to put a I'm gonna have to put a content warning on this episode. <laughs> I mean, and that's I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I've been good for this one. Usually, I've put my foot in my mouth significantly more. Oh man. <laughs> oh, this is this is gonna go down as one of the all-time great episodes of Redcast. I mean, probably not. It'll be a colorful blip at some point, but yeah, yeah. This is this is the this is the cult classic of Redcast episodes in the making. This is the one that only true Redcast fans would be like. There you go. Yo. You want to go down the rabbit hole? Here it is. Yeah, we'll have like a secret word at the end, like, and then like, and then we'll just like that will become the inside joke, and the and the secret word will be red white book microphone. Because it's what I see. Hmm. No, I there don't know. No, no, don't do that. No coded language. That's that stuff. Ter- <laughs> that stuff terrifies me, man. All right. Um. So yeah. Uh. Real quick, if people want to check out your work on on Twitch or on Twitter, how do they get? How do they get a hold of you? How do, how do they? Where do they um, look for you? Talilia in most places. I'm Talilia on for Affinity. If you want to delve that way on Twitter, I think it's Talilia one. On Twitch, it's just twitch.tv t- slash Talilia. I mean, I have Facebook, but that's personal and just a yeah. bunch of stupid kid photos. So if you want to find me, Twitter or Twitch, really, or or for Affinity are my main three. Okay. All Tallulia. Right on. And, of course, you can check out uh, your worst half, uh, Razor Tree Productions, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we have our... I say we. He has his site, RazorTreeProductions.com, and if you want to see, I have a little nook there now. It's RazorTreeProductions.com slash art, well, since I do all the art-y stuff. Yeah, and that's where a lot of your speed, the speed drawings are. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's where all of my speed drawings are, because I have a YouTube, but it's empty right now, because my, my non-Warhammer stuff will go on there eventually. But I just recently started, like, 
streaming stuff because I didn't realize people actually wanted to see that. I think people want interaction and then they want like they want something that is is in their interest or in their like sort of adjacent interests or yeah. like even you talked about like when you're you're in school like someone standing over your back and watching you draw and then like having that little quiet moment with someone. I think we seek out those quiet moments with each with with each other digitally now. The the hmm. great the great ultimate sort of irony of our age is for as connected as we are at every single moment. I can talk to my friend in Japan right now if I feel like it. And it all it takes is the delay for my signal to bounce up into outer freaking space and then bounce down to the other side of the planet and like boom, connected. But we still are on these tiny little like as human creatures like little islands now. I'm surrounded by three three computer screens and you know I've got TVs to the side over here and I'm just walled in by these digital by technology, yeah. These digital sort of prisons that I, I exist in. And uh, I think that sort of live content creation, like like here on Twitch, uh, I think you're kind of sharing these quiet moments with other people in in a way that taps into that human element of being in the same room with someone. That's why I don't have a green screen. I'll never use a green screen because I want you to realize this is a room that I inhabit and that, you know, because for me, you know, my favorite moments a lot of time growing up as a nerd was, was always those like little quiet moments of watching my friend play a video game. Like we, I didn't have to play with them. I just sat there and watched them or mm -hmm. peeking over someone's shoulder and seeing the art they're drawing and going, Oh, Hey, what are you drawing? You know, those little simple moments. And I think that's what Twitch does. And that's why I think people uh, like your, your show, your channel. And because you're, you're getting that sort of, that's that the closest we can get to with all of the, the miles and walls of screens that separate us. That's the closest we can get to those, to those quiet human moments. So that's, that's me waxing poetical for a minute, but no, I think that's a great winding down comment actually yeah. like that quiet moments. Right. Um, so chat gang, thank you so much for being with us tonight. You are the show within the show. You're the reason we do this thing to Lulia to Lilia, thank you for being on with me and, and uh, sharing your journey and your thoughts. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, right on, right on. Uh, go follow her on Twitch, on Twitter. Check out some of her art. Um, and chat gang, remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes. We'll see you next week. <laughs>